Justin Wabs, hit it! Mambo number five, our new theme song. Round of applause, everybody. Great. It was. I can't believe he got Lou Bega. I can't believe Bell did it. A little bit of Maka in my life. A little, a little bit, bit of podcast in my life. That wasn't Mambo little... number five. That was that was our new theme song. That right, our... but I thought our new theme song was Mambo number five. I thought we got the rights. No. What did I give you three thousand dollars for? That no, I hired... science fiction is the dream. No, I hired uh musician justin wabs to do it instead well so justin thank you Wabbs. well then where did where did my money go but i wanted lou i wanted lou bega that was specific that was in the fund it was it was in the funds it was labeled as lou bega money you have to stop looking at our budget if we keep we're after the, the events of the last few months if we keep we like we're just gonna ride this out until we is get fucking dead? audited, okay? Oh, <laughs> I don't think so. Lou Vega is not dead, no. Why would he be dead? I'm pretty sure he's still alive. He's super alive and still making music. Oh. <laughs> Including our new theme song, which you will hear right now. Okay, put in the real theme song when I said that. Well, but, no, fifth. it already played. This is, no. this is happening after. Yeah, but no, but the... That was play it again. No, play the play the again. I'll play it again. We'll play it again. I want to hear the Lou Bega version. Okay, now play the version of the theme song that's remixed by Lou Bega. We got that right, at least. Did we get that? No. What the fuck? A little bit of death at the end of my life. That's what they put on his gravestone. (laughs) Lou Lou Bega's new song, Memento Mori. Ah, shit, we haven't even introduced <laughs> ourselves. That was the point of getting Lou Bega. He was gonna say all of our names, and then we wouldn't have to introduce ourselves anymore. A little bit of Wayne in my life. Keep it going. Alright, who's next? What? I refuse. <laughs> A little bit of Balp is all I need. I refuse. <laughs> well, that was the last part of it. So now we can't I don't continue. Listen to, you think I listen to Mambo number five? Every you think I've heard, you, day. Every day. <laughs> every morning I Multiple wake up times. and I listen, I listen to the Disney version of Mambo number five. A little bit breakfast. of Troggy is the guy. A little bit of Logmore. Okay. A little <laughs> yeah. bit of Mike. He's the new guest. Hi. Hey, Mike's here. Welcome to the Mambo number five cast. It's days like these where our intro is incoherent and bad and cuts 50% of our listeners nah. down out of the cast, out of the <laughs> they cast. They don't deserve it. Where they I ask ourselves, it. where do we begin? I am formal. In, we're, no, we already did intros. You know what? Yeah. yeah. That, that was it. We're not it. getting anything Fuck else. It. Good enough. Real talk, though. That is our new theme song. Hope you guys like it. Mambo number five. <laughs> no. Does it? Does the new? Okay, 
At the time of this recording, I have not no, heard the theme song. The Does illusion. it have a don't name? Don't break the illusion, motherfucker. It's not an illusion. I'm asking a question. Does Does our theme song have a name? Like, does Does the song no. have a name? No. Can we come up with a name? Having not heard the Wet song, dry cast. Why would we? Yeah, we why we would that be a... the name of the song? You know what? You know what? You're right. It actually doesn't have a name yet. All right, we got to come up with the coolest name for a song that we haven't heard. Well, here's the problem. Me and podcast number right, five. Fine. You know, fine. You know what? You know what? Me and okay, I'll I'll break the. Illusion. I think At we should time, call it podcast number five. Podcast number five. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what? Sure. Fuck there it. it is. Well, I've never heard it, so I haven't heard it either. Hopefully, so... it's good. Yeah, to break the illusion, you know. Me and Wayne have heard the song, but the rest of the folks haven't because it's not. I will say, even having heard it, naming a song when you're not the one who made it is not like. No, we can do that. We're allowed to do that. That happens all the time. No, but like I'm just saying, it's it's a difficult task. That's why podcast number five is the perfect answer. Yes, yeah. The podcast number five. That's the answer. A little bit. There you go. Podcast number five, and we'll get Lou Vega next year for the next theme song. Podcast number five by Justin Wav. Sorry. We Sorry. named it for you. We named it for you. I don't, Directly I don't know. You into have... the apology. <laughs> you, you, we, you, probably, you probably thought of a cool name because honestly, our theme song fucking rocks. But no, we're, uh, we've all decided uh, it's podcast number five. And I'm paying you, so I guess you can't Well, I didn't rebel. say anything, so don't talk to me about it. <laughs> oh, a coin. That's not... Don't talk about that. <laughs> Are you going to leave that in the recording? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? This is... We're not even six minutes in, and this is already I mean, a train wreck. I mean, do you know what our podcast is like, bro? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> no one... No one... No one say anything. No one say anything. Don't give them any context. So far, I think we're keeping it above water. I mean, I guess Let's on average, Let's talk about yeah. water. What's okay. your favorite game with water? Mine is Clown Squirt. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut, shut the fuck up. Hey, for, for real, though. For real, though. I'm just trying to do segues. You, listen, do you know how hard it is to do segues when there are no topics? Do people, <laughs> care, do people care about water in video games anymore? I remember whenever yeah. it was hitting that Wii generation, that was, everybody was going crazy about it. Yeah. I mean, people still... People love water shaders. But, but the question like, is, are people complaining about it anymore? Is it like, are people still going like, oh, water levels? Well, they don't like, really make 3D platformers anymore, which I feel like were the biggest offenders. Well, no, for but it's not always levels. 3D platformers. Like, I think the, the most recent game where everybody was like, Jesus Christ, the fucking water was Monster Hunter 3. The, oh, yeah, I guess. Like, That's true. That was, the, that was the last time I remember water being a problem. But even for the that players. was like 2000 and nine or something like that was a long time ago yeah 2009 Fuck, no maybe not yeah. that i don't know maybe monster it was, hunter it was about then we're old we're old well, men the outer wilds dlc is a water level and that that's true. <laughs> yeah Wait, kind it's all of. water no it's not all water but no, water it's is not. important there's a lot of water I gotta, I gotta go finish the base game yeah you do yeah you do and then maybe play the dlc if you feel like it so speaking of speaking of games that you can't say anything about, we're going to talk about roller coasters now. Yeah, let's talk about our favorite 
Roller don't, coasters. Don't spoil the Green Lantern. I can't, I can't wait to go on the Bizarro. If you tell me anything that happens on the Green Lantern ride, I'm never going Where to Six Flags Where's there a Green again. Lantern ride? It's Six Flags! <laughs> oh, okay. Why wouldn't Six Flags have, like, every DC name on a roller coaster at this point? Like, whenever I was a child, they had the Batman and the Mr. Freeze. And they've just kept breeding from there. Where's the Jimmy Olsen roller coaster? <laughs> I was about to say, what's the saddest one they could come up with? That's like still like the Jimmy Olsen. I'm not talking about like fucking Calendar Man, like main character. Yeah, it'd probably be Jimmy the Jimmy Olsen slow ride. The Plastic Man, <laughs> polka dot guy. See, the Plastic Man ride could actually be cool because like at some that's point, real, like, you know. Maybe you, like, stretch around and shit. I don't know. Paul Kent's slow ride. Yeah, they stretch you around. <laughs> they, they pull you like taffy on the ride. It's a stretchy roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> also, you keep... Who the fuck... Who the fuck is Plastic Man? And why would Plastic Man... Plastic is it real? Man, yeah. Plastic Man... And Plastic I, Man's power is that he can stretch like Mr. Fantastic? Well, he, can, he can change into shit. That's bullshit. He Plastic can just, He stretch. pretty much can just morph into whatever yeah, he wants. It's, okay. Yeah, Mr. Fantastic can only, like, stretch. Plastic Man just can be whatever the fuck he wants. That's his skill. That's that his seems power. like a really powerful power. He is. He is actually pretty strong, all things considered. He I'm pretty was sure he's like in a, Injustice. Yeah, he was kind he of. Is? It's it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting because he was always kind of like a C tier superhero, but I think I think literally what got that character back in the spotlight was there was a failed Nickelodeon pilot for a Plastic Man cartoon that was supposed to be like more slapstick, and Tom Kenny voiced Plastic Man. Nickelodeon didn't pick it up, so they put the pilot on the internet for free and people loved it and i guess dc caught one of that i was like hey we own this character why don't we just push this hard the and kids are cuckoo the... for plastic man and and like and like between between like tom kenny's like stellar voice work and like the character being like somewhat interesting like yeah the character kind of like got back in the spotlight a little bit it's well, weird how congratulations, Plastic Man. I'm proud of you for whatever. A little bit of Plastic Man in our lives. I would just like to document this. Uh, I, I couldn't remember the name of Jimmy Olsen to make that joke earlier. I just remembered that Superman had a little, like, shit kid that followed him around that, like, no one remembers anymore. So I Googled him just to double check on the name. You know how Google has those, like, like frequently asked questions uh -huh. at the top of search results nowadays? Yeah. yeah. Here are Jimmy's. Why was Jimmy Olsen killed? Is Jimmy Olsen dead? Who kills Jimmy Olsen? Is Jimmy Olsen CIA? <laughs> Whoa. Oh, oh, oh. Do you know why they asked that? Because he, he died. Because all of those things are just, the answer is yes. The, in the, in the, okay, so in the comics, Jimmy Olsen is just like the loser that works at the, at the newspaper that Clark Kent He's works Superman's at. pal. Yeah. He's Superman's pal. That's what they officially refer to him as. So like, it's, at, I, I think at some point, I don't, I don't read the comics, but I think at some point in the comics, he's like one of the few people that like learns that Superman is Clark Kent. So he's like, he's Clark Kent's like office coworker friend, which is like the lamest thing you could be, but it's like, Ooh, but you know, I'm Superman. So, you know, I gotta, you, you, I, you're a real friend. Cause you know who I am on, you in know, case you sides. decide to blackmail me, I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> who 
would who the fuck would blackmail Superman that isn't like Lex Luthor <laughs> or like someone that is a villain and can protect themselves from him? It does seem like a really bad idea. If you're a normal person, you blackmail Superman, he'll fucking kill you. He'll rip you in he'll half. Fucking <laughs> you need an you need an escape plan if you're going to blackmail Superman. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm going to blackmail Superman and then get on a rocket that shoots me to Mars and yeah. hope he doesn't find Don't me. Don't get on my bad side. I'll fucking kill you. He could just fly around the planet and turn back time to whenever you were a baby. <laughs> it's and... true. It's true. Wait, it's he can true. do that? Yeah, yeah he's he totally does, done it. He does that in Superman 3 or something. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's in one of the movies. Superman Superman is completely bullshit. Does like, he turn back time for everyone? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What the fuck? What he does, what he does in one of the Superman movies, and, like, he canonically is, like, he doesn't do it, but he, like, can do it, is... Like I think Lois Lane dies, so he he goes like he goes like ah oh, nah fuck this, and he flies around the Earth beyond light speed and reverses time. Yep, and that's how he saves her. Yeah, it's great. I haven't seen the movie, but I know that happens. Yeah, all my like... exposure to DC Comics was from like the really really early ones in the 60s that my dad still had laying around so i was like reading those as a kid and just seeing he just did shit like that on the regular like yeah. that was just that was just normal back then i hate superman now superman's all boring yeah the reason why uh they all asked jimmy like oh is jimmy olsen dead is jimmy olsen cia is because in the, in the frank snyder and the in the in the uh, in the snyder Zack Snyder. Sorry, fucking, I got the Frank Snyder is not. I don't know if there's anybody. No, I don't know. Let's find out. If if Zack's okay in the Zack Snyder Superman movie, they retcon it. (laughs) Frank Snyder was a was a professional baseball player at the end of the 19th century. (laughs) Oh no, he was born in 1895. He played in like in in the 1900s. In the Zack Snyder Superman movie, like the super like grim dark one. Uh, Lois Lane does is like a reporter, but Jimmy Olsen is CIA, and for some reason they're like in Afghanistan. And I, I remember the way the the movie started was is Lois Lane is like a reporter. She's like literally like reporting on ISIS, and and like they have her hostage. Yeah, and they, it says here Jimmy Olsen is killed by a warlord. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, and so they're like they're and. But, like, they catch wind that Jimmy Olsen is CIA, and so they just, like, kill him. <laughs> and the most fucked up thing is that Superman saves Lois, but after they kill Jimmy Olsen, like, he just okay didn't want to write him in the movie. He couldn't get there. Yeah, he's okay He just gets one that. line. He just goes, oh, my pal. <laughs> he always refers to him as that. I unfortunately know that information already, like, how they are, how they go to Afghanistan. But if you just, if I didn't know that, and you just told me the sentence, Jimmy Olsen was killed by a, like a warlord, I would have thought of him being killed by like an orc, orc chieftain or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Superman probably fights orcs in one comic. I don't know. By like, by like, by like a dragon man named Khan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I remember a lot of people. I remember a lot of people making jokes about that. Like Superman obviously knows that these two people are in trouble and he just he he he's only interested in saving his girlfriend <laughs> he's not he's it's dramatic like a... he couldn't get there in time to save his pal how sad how sad uh are we done talking about superman yeah fuck i superman. hope so please please <laughs> okay hey we all played inscription yes we have all played inscription uh Tune the, in however to find out what we all think about it <laughs> this is a game we can't... The, the, it's it's part of the reason why Mike is our guest today. 
uh, because Mike is also an inscription head. We are all inscription heads. Uh, the meeting of the inscription the game. lords. But we can't say anything about it right now except play the game, please. It's one of the games of the year. Uh, but if you want to hear our detailed, spoilery thoughts about it, it's going to be the last thing we do on this podcast. So you don't have to skip around anywhere. No, no. If you're in the car, don't worry. You don't have to get take a crash because you pulled out your phone to skip through the inscription spoilers. No, it's at the end. Just turn your volume to zero at the end of the podcast. Yeah, you have about a solid hour to complete the game. Yeah, just go beat the game real <laughs> quick while you're listening. While you're driving. And uh, by the time you're done, maybe we'll be talking about it. Who knows? Boot up your ThinkBook, install Inscription, play it in your lap. There's also this incredible thing that podcasts have nowadays called the pause button. Mm. Ours doesn't. Yeah, we we (laughs) didn't pay for the pause button. They don't get to pause it. We got that that Podbean value plan. (laughs) (laughs) It takes the pause button off of Spotify, too. Yeah. We don't have an RSS feed. We're, our podcast is distributed through ransomware. <laughs> it takes control of your computer by force. It does not allow you to skip or it pause. O- open, opens up Microsoft Groove and just disables all parts of the UI. Just just eject your Wayne Radio TV podcast floppy and store it for later. <laughs> can we can we release an episode of the podcast like episode one hundred? Can we release it as an exe? That's like borderline a virus. <laughs> I kind of like that. I think that's breaking new podcast bo- podcast ground. It should be like one of those like old fashioned viruses where like it was just really bored, really smart people making stuff for fun. Like it should totally hijack your computer, but you should see like FMV it video. Totally you should see like computer. FMV video us like walk onto your desktop, sit down, and like we just talk for <laughs> two <sorry>. hours. <laughs> We start deleting your files. I feel like Sony has beat us to the punch. No, I don't think so. I you don't, don't think, think anybody's distributed an executable podcast. All of Sony's discs, they had those rootkit installations in them. And that, that went on for however what? long. What was that? What, what, what do you mean about? by yeah, discs? It was, like, it was like back in the day, like it was, you know, mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. People discovered, it was like, hey, all of the. All of like the discs that so like the CDs that Sony has that have like music because you know Sony Music Group, right? Oh, like all like of the, their oh, music like CDs music, and stuff. Like uh, yeah, all of their CDs. If you put them in your computer, they install a rootkit. They what? they like what? They like get kernel level access as what like does that DRM. Mean? I don't know what that means for a CD that is supposed to just play music. That it 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 basically means that every single CD like album that they were selling. Was like a skeleton key to your computer. Yeah, let me let me see if I, I think I have a pretty good In analogy. Imagine imagine you're going through the drive through buying a hamburger, and the guy climbs out of the window and into your car. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. I, I put this in my computer to get a couple of files, and then it climbed inside. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you see, you see, folks at home. That's why I'm here. I'm the layman. I'm the one who gets the terms into your head, fully comprehended. I'm the Commander Riker. Yeah, that was like the big thing with Sony Media. That's back insane. In the mid 2000s, like yeah, their CDs have rootkits. I'm pretty sure they were the one responsible for like the you wouldn't download a car thing, and oh, also really. That, but the th- but like also that uh, commercial had pirated music or footage or something what? on it too. Right. <laughs> of course. That was a weird time for media. That that early mid two thousands. Yeah, just everything. 
new metal was big what were we doing what, what was what was wrong with with society in now 2005 music was a big hit what were we doing probably playing runescape some yeah, people just didn't have it some people just didn't have taste in music they would just buy now that's what i call music and just accept what they got there's no choice a little bit of monica in my life exactly well that was that was pre-2000 i think now which now that's what i call music had mambo number five I'm pretty sure that was 2000 exactly. That's not our podcast theme song. Our podcast theme song was is an amazing jam by Justin Wabs. No, it's podcast number five by Justin Wabs. Now that's what I call music. Seventy nine that came out in August of this year. Can we get podcast wow. number five on now? That's what I call music. Eighty. Seventy nine. I'm kind of surprised they're not in the hundreds yet. Because I figured they release like one a month. I'm kind of surprised they're not in the hole. See, I, I see pictures of 100s, but I... Hmm. Can we try... Do you think we could name a single song that's on the latest Now That's What I Call Music album? Like, I don't even think I could name an uh, artist. Lil Nas. There's a Lil Nas track, I bet. Really? I feel like Look that's a little too... Right Look it up right now. Like, I even bet that's too obscure. I bet there is. No, no. I bet there is. Absolutely. Cause you have to, cause you have to imagine that the way they make those albums is they literally look Wait. at like radio, like what's being played on the radio, and they just write it down. There is a now that's what I call music one hundred, but it's not in America. The, apparently, the now, now that's what I call music albums are at different numbers depending on what region you're in. What really? Yeah, oh. it's like a Final huh. Fantasy situation. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't originally American. Uh, it. Hmm. Huh. Oh, your favorite! Oh, your favorite! Now that's what I call music is sixty-four. Uh, uh, you mean uh forty-nine, my friend? Uh, yeah, see, it's different. See, see, now that's what you call music for. What is that in America? But in Europe, that it was actually now that's what you call music eight. Yeah, this was originally in in the UK and Ireland. Balpez invented a new a new series that that's now that's what you call music. It's, <laughs> You get to do, you you get to decide what music is. It's not just us. a blank disc that you yeah, can burn. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the equivalent of getting like one of those notebooks as a kid that's like themed around a franchise and it's like, yeah, write about uh Harry Potter shit in this journal, I guess. I don't know. Why is that so appealing to kids? Because it it's really not. is. That was that's the worst present ever. Did you never get one of those as a kid and just be like upset? I don't know. I thought I thought shit like that was cool when I was no. a kid. I don't know. I I was a I'm I was and am a content consumer. I don't want to have to make my own stuff. We're making stuff right now. What? You guys want to listen to now? That's what I call power ballads. No. Oh. Can we start a side podcast where we listen to every single Now That's What I Call Music CD and review it? <laughs> sure. I mean, we, think like about it. Listening to the radio. If we, no, that's what I call a podcast. podcast. But it's also like radio. a historic... It's a time it's a, capsule. It's a time capsule. And there's so many CDs. If we did one episode a month, it would last us for the rest of our lives. Damn. We'd never stop doing that podcast. I, I think there are some things that don't need to be remembered. But that's that's fun. It's fun to remember things that are bad. Hey, I think it's funny that most of the now that's what I call music CDs just pretty much all two and three star like cumulative reviews. So that's see, that's so weird because isn't it just popular? Yeah, it's music? supposed to be the popular music. So why is it all three stars? Is it just like all the music they put on the CD was bad? A lot of these went double platinum. That's insane. 
All right. So let's start our let's start the podcast now with a quiz. Okay. Now that's what I call music one. Oh. The original album came out in nineteen eighty three in the UK. You name one track 19, that might be on there. Nineteen eighty three in uh. the UK. Wayne, you know we were all born in America in the nineties, right? <laughs> yeah. Is, is there is there a Sex Pistols song on there? No. Like Damn. David 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 Bowie? Mm, no. The eighties in the eighties in the Alright, I'll give you a hint. It's probably like I'll give new you a hint. stuff, right? I'll give you a hint. Track number eleven. Track number eleven is by Kaja Gugu. What? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Me neither. Hold on, I'm trying to think of new wave artists. Is there like Yes, there is new wave uh... on there. Okay. There, there is... is pop rock and new wave. Oh, okay. Uh is there an XEC song on there? No. What about what NXS? Is there NXS? Or were they even eighties? No. no, 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 no. NXS was like nineties, I think. Were they nineties? What about I think. Duran Duran? Yes, there is oh, one. Thank Ooh, God. There's one. Pet Shop Boys? No. Oh. Depeche Mode. I like the pet. Oh yeah, nope. Depeche. That's what I was trying to think of. This is not to a think Depeche, Depeche Mode, Mode song. Oh my god. Um. What the fuck? What Wait, else? was Aqua? Was Aqua in the eighties? Nope. No. Well, I mean, that I, is... that's not an answer to that question. They're not on here though. Ooh, ooh. Uh, uh, uh. Who are the? What's the the fucking? Who does the safety dance? I bet ah, that's on you there. got one. That's on there. Yeah, that, men, that's that's men track with number hats. ten. Men without hats. The safety oh, dance. You did hats. get that one. They, they have <laughs> no hats. hats. I thought they had hats. I don't know. I w- I thought that was them. No, that's Devo. Oh, wait, right. that's fucked up. They're the men without hats. What about hard hats? This is a song about safety. Oh no. OSHA gonna be on your ass. Men without hats better change your name. I'm kind of surprised that we Wayne. even collectively <laughs> could get one single song off of this. Oh shit. There's a second tape. Tape two. Oh. And there's another Kajagugu song. I don't know what that is. Peebo Bryson. <laughs> <laughs> this, okay, this guy's got the funniest name ever. His full name is Robert Peepo Peebo Bryson. <laughs> what? No. What? His, 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 his legal middle name is Peepo, but he goes by Peebo. And then, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. People in the UK are crazy. They'll just name their kids like Paddle or some shit. <laughs> Wait, okay, hold on. I'm still reeling. So his real name is Peepo, but he goes his real by name is Robert Peepo. His real name is Robert Peepo Bryson. But his musician's name is Peebo, which is listed as, in his he... full name like as a nickname. So he's Robert Peepo Peebo Bryson. Why did he do that? What, what, <laughs> I don't know. Why did he do that? He could have just been Peepo. His first studio album was called Peebo. He probably got made fun of for being Peepo. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I'm going to be Peebo instead. I got made fun of for my name. I'm going to change one letter. Oh, shit. That oh, is very yeah. 80s. Go ahead and I'll look up Peebo Bryson out. if you want to see what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, I guess... He's apparently credited in two Disney animated feature soundtracks, but I can't... It doesn't say what they are. Uh... So, the Lion the, King one and a half and uh, whatever the direct to VHS sequel to Beauty and the Beast what? was. He record. He's he. What he made a whole new world. Really? In Aladdin. Yeah, oh, he wrote that. He, That's cool. He recorded it. Well, there you go. He it's a it's a duet. He hmm. We're over here making fun of his name. What have we accomplished? We didn't make this a is Disney the fucking musical. Aladdin guy. That's arguably maybe. 
Is that the, is that the most famous song from like a like a classic Disney? I have to animated say that's got to be like top. It's three, one of them. It's if one not of them. number one. Like I'm trying to think of any Disney song. I think I think Frozen like more... has eclipsed. All oh of them. yeah. Yeah, I was about to say what time frame? The uh, man. Yeah, I think, I think of all time everything. Yeah, Let It Go is one hundred percent eclipsed. All Actually, of them. yeah, Frozen's probably dominated it because of like just be just because of like the accessibility of like movies and media nowadays. I bet Frozen has spread more than any of those did. I remember the I remember when Frozen came out, and like parents just like look like they all look like they had shell shock because you know their kids were like, Dad, can I have the Frozen the combo Frozen Teach Me song and recorder set? <laughs> you know honestly parents parents during that time must have been so fucking tired i remember hearing stories about like parent age folks just like yeah. having seen frozen like 40 times plus because their kids just loved it so much it kind of is making me think like is that the last big like is Fr- is frozen still the latest big disney property like they haven't made, they haven't managed to hit that high since that, right? All the all the Disney properties since have been like things that are popular with like older audiences. I feel like like yeah. are kids going crazy about like uh, Coco or like I bet some kids like Coco. Yeah, but, but nothing on the level of Frozen. They, they've had a couple that could like it. It feels like it's kind of gone back to like the '90s to early 2000s mode, where it's like, yeah, these are like Hercules. Yeah, that's good. Um atlantis forget about it and so on and so forth and i feel like atlantis. they're just kind of altered was, was it atlantis, was atlantis the the lost empire yeah yeah the lost empire which honestly i th- i thought it was fucking good but yeah. uh, i didn't know that that like, was disney i thought that was another company well, yes, no dude that, why yeah. isn't that in kingdom hearts i don't because know they, because they just like hate they didn't hate it but like it didn't perform well enough oh, so they just cast this it aside. guy yeah, yeah that there, there's two properties you know, I remember glasses. people always talking about <laughs> yeah, wanting to be... Yeah, not the nostalgia critic. Yeah. <laughs> there were, like, two properties that people always talked about, like, back back whenever Kingdom Hearts 3 was nothing but the fleeting dream in everybody's mind, circa 2008 or whatever. Yeah. Everybody was like, yo, we need Atlantis and we need Treasure Planet in yep. the next I thought one. Treasure Planet was DreamWorks. No, dude. No, was no that was, that was no. Disney. What the fuck? Those are like the two forgotten movies from that era. That tells you something about the quality of the time. Is that like, those films weren't like bad? They just like they just flopped. Yeah, yeah. that's basically it. One, they flopped, and Disney just never looked back. Never tried to take it again, no matter how much uh, reverence people have given it. Nowadays, none of these movies flop, but it's just like a lot of people. It, they just kind of come and go. I think. I think. I think that. I think the one that's like the the like. The closest to like an early two thousands Disney movie is probably Onward, which right. I don't know what that is. I don't think what anybody knows what that is. That's it's a three D animated movie. Is it the Goblin one? Yeah, it's the, the Goblin goblins? one. I am more familiar it's, with a knockoff yeah. of that movie. I am more familiar with like the with like the cheap like straight to DVD rip off of that movie <laughs> that people were laughing at because the oh, animation yeah, yeah. was funny. Yeah, I know more about that than the actual movie. That movie, that movie had, like, zero impact. That might have been... It was a bigger flop. That or, like, The Good Dinosaur. Oh, The Good Dinosaur, Good, good Dinosaur, sure. by a long shot. Like, yeah. Disney needs to, <laughs> Disney fucking, needs yeah. to like, sure. fucking do something crazy. Well, here's the thing. What, I what think, got them out of their funk in the 90s? Well, I think, I think what sort of 
lends itself to these movies just kind of like just coming out and then going away is just like the fact that movies just come out on streaming services now and it's not like you don't have to go to a movie theater to see a new movie anymore which you can argue is is i think that's better personally i think movie theaters are kind of lame but like i could i could not disagree more but i do see your point but you gotta go to the theater to see dunk I went to go see Dune with a friend last weekend. Oh, you mean and, Dunk? <laughs> and, and before, so we got there at the theater when the ticket said to, right? We sit down, we sit yeah. down. I'm serious. There were probably like 35 minutes worth of trailer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's That's how sucked. it's been for like it the last sucked. five years. I had no, no longer than that because I, I, I have a distinct memory of being back in high school and I went to go see a movie with my two friends who both worked at a theater and we both got our tickets and they're like, all right, let's go to Starbucks. And I'm like, what? Huh? Why are we going to Starbucks? And they're like, oh, they're going to play like 20 minutes of trailers. We'll just go there when the movie starts. And I was like, oh shit. And I, and like, I have just followed that mantra ever since. Like, yeah, like I'll just show up for a movie at its like actual time that it's supposed to start and be like, all right, one ticket, please. And you don't want to show up early at a theater and play the AR mobile game that pops up on the screen? <laughs> my my last theater now? memory. Yeah, oh, it was like fuck. not my last theater memory, but like right before the pandemic, I went to I went to a theater and I and I got there pretty early and I remember all of a sudden just a picture of like a space background, just a still image of outer space popped up and in the corner there was a QR code and it said scan to download app and play like Cinemark space shooter game and like I, oh and then God. it showed like a little a little clip of someone playing the game in the corner, and it was someone pointing their phone at the screen. And it might have it might as well have been like a worse version of Face Raiders that you can play for ten seconds before the movie starts. <laughs> That's I don't awesome. That's it, so good. Fucking bizarre. You wouldn't have enough time to get the app for how little it put the thing up on the screen. It, must it was like small. insane. It must have been really small if they wanted to do that. If movie yeah. theaters are going to be like this from now on, I I'm seriously going to just like okay. I have the the independent theater, like the nonprofit theater I go to. The it's called the Brattle. They're in Cambridge. If you're ever in Cambridge, Massachusetts, go check them out. They just show like they don't show trailers. They barely show trailers, and then they just show the movie. Right between them and streaming, I don't think I'll ever step foot in a regular big like big company theater again because it was the worst it's ever been. So it's we're in COVID times right now, right? Film production has kind of like slowed down. Like things have kind of released on streaming. Like things things have been shuffled around. I went to go see Dune. The only two big movies out right now are Dune and Eternals, and they're competing with each other. So I was definitely yeah. not going to see an Eternals trailer for Dune, which means that every it, it, first things first, I went to an AMC theater, and I shit you not, there was ten minutes de- before the trailers devoted to basically like amc hyping themselves up because they know they're trying to recover from COVID, so they're like oh we we're gonna give you the best experience possible you got you got the popcorn and the drinks and you know a movie you know we got the sound system you don't got the sound system at home because they're like trying to win everyone back and it was 10 minutes of them just trying to hype themselves up so it's like 10 full minutes of them hyping themselves up and going like, we, you know, it, it's, it really is good. And it, it, you know, it, I mean, you, you can, you know, they're, you know, they're like, you, you can kind of read in between the lines saying like, listen, you got vaccinated. Please come back. Please come <laughs> back. We need your money. Please, please. 
And then they start showing the trailers, and like because like it it, it was trailers for like trash. It was trailers for trash. Of course, it was like because what's coming out? In. Oh yeah, because like nothing's coming out because like you know a lot of big projects like maybe just finished or like we're finished and like you know like dune and eternals and they're like okay they're out now but everyone else like kind of like kind of halted things and so there's like it's like it's so bare bones and so it's like 30 minutes it's like 10 minutes for amc hyping themselves up and there's like 30 minutes of trailers and then the movie starts and it's like i was so pissed i was so <laughs> pissed by the movie so i was like why did i subject myself to this i could have just sat at home i could have just invited my friend over to my house we had gotten pizza and we could have just watched the movie and just hit play i don't know i felt it was so dumb so this is stupid. like this is fitting in exactly with like a prediction that i had even before covid happened which was like theaters big big theaters are floundering so bad that it's just like they're going to ascend to more and more of a luxury thing like Uh it's no longer like oh yeah anyone can come to a theater and see a movie it's like no no no. you pay this you pay over 20 dollars to come have an experience with us we have we have all the food you could imagine we have all you know so it's like you're rich and you you want something to do on the weekend come here sort of <laughs> mentality rather we than have like, all the food you could imagine all the food every imaginable come food to is the here. amc hedonism palace <laughs> come partake in your desires and watch marvel's eternals here at our theater like, we will hire 17 year olds to feed you grapes pay 20 dollars <laughs> for a jack-off cube to be installed <laughs> over your seat but, no, but like <laughs> I, I remember back when I don't know when it came when uh, Into the Spider Verse came out, but I remember like going to see that movie in a theater, and you know the similar experience of like AMC bullshit, and then like the trailers uh, and then uh. the movie, and like Into the Spider Verse is like one of the best fucking movies I've seen in recent memory. Like it's just such a good animated movie, just yeah. really tight, really well put oh, together. It's yeah, great, and it's from and it's from Sony. So every trailer that played before the movie was for, like, Sony movies, which are bottom, bottom of the barrel dog shit. So it was, like, the the weirdest whiplash seeing, like, this amazing movie preceded by, like, three of the trailers for, like, the, the worst possible movies I can imagine. Like, the... What was it? It was, like, A Dog's Journey or something like that, oh, which is God. about, like, a dog... <laughs> I think which is about throwing a dog into a river. Oh, I fucking remember that. Yeah, it's like a dog who who die who keeps dying and (laughs) regenerating as a different dog. Did we talk about that on the podcast? We either talked about that on the podcast or a really old stream. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember having an in depth conversation about that. Or maybe it was a stream. Yeah, I don't don't remember. But like it was like seeing that and then seeing a trailer for like a rom com and then for like an incredibly well animated movie and it's like these all came from the same corporation like this is yeah. this is how wide the net is these are just yeah piles just of money, money that around. are too there's just piles of money and it's too big to see the top it's just going in every direction it's like well something will work eventually throw spider-man in there he'll make some money it's spider-man in the, there the way that the independent if you have a similar theater, like a non-profit independent theater near you, go show them some support. Because here's how the brattle in Cambridge won me over. Speak, it, it was it was into the Spider-Verse. I missed out on seeing it. Like, it came and went. So I was like, ah, oh, bummer. I, I forgot about it. And I was like, I forgot to check it out while I was still in theaters. And then the brattle was like, hey, we're going to have a special showing, like, for one week. Where we have it again. So I went in, and I watched it, you know, I had my popcorn or whatever, 
And I went in, and they're like, okay, movie's gonna start, and they just... It just plays. I'm like, I, I, I was so, I was, I was like, wait, they can do that? Like, it just goes. <laughs> that's that's all it took to win me over. To win me over. Yeah. Yeah. The only theater I have been in since COVID is like a very small yeah. local theater where I like, I am like personally acquainted with the owner. I was like, hey, let's go see a a Thai art movie from 2010 yeah. with a friend. And I was like, Weird fuck shit. yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, if, you, if you're if you lucky enough to have like an independent theater near you, I highly suggest giving them your patronage because they don't, there's no bullshit there. I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. In the future, in five years, it's either going to be mega, mega luxury theaters or those. Yeah. So choose, choose wisely now. Choose your side. I'm fine with that. As long as all of the luxury theaters all turn into 4D experiences, a la yeah, Six Flags, like the, seat, the seat rumbles. Yeah, like I want, I want the full hard. 4D experience. I want water spraying in my face. I want like, <laughs> I want vibrating seats. Nah, fuck that, fuck that. I want the science museum experience where it's oh, like, like you, the you, dome. You, yeah, you get in there, it's like, all right, it's time to start. And then the seats all tilt back and you're watching the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> anyway, movies suck. Movies do suck. Don't watch Don't watch them anymore. Just listen to our podcast. But I heard Dune was good. Dune was good. Dune was... Like... So, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buck the... I'm going to buck the ship. Dune was all right. Bob, talk, oh. Bob talked about this for like over an hour on his stream. I, I know. think you really? opened a can of worms. <laughs> right, give me a condensed version, yeah. I'll, I'll keep it short. It, it's... I think Dune is fine. Like, it, it... Like, it's funny because when I walked out of the movie, like, when it finished, I was leaving, I was like, oh, that was pretty good. That was great. And then, like, as time goes on, I keep thinking about it. I was like, that could have been better. It could have been better. I think it's fine. Mm. But, like... Unlike other things that have come out recently, it wasn't, like, embarrassed to be Dune. Like, it wasn't embarrassed to be, like, oh, we're this weird sci-fi movie. It, it You know, it, it owns it, it and it, they do a good job. But, like, this is a very economical movie. Like, it wasn't as spectacular as I was expecting. And I wasn't expecting, like, a Marvel movie. But when I say it wasn't as spectacular, it's, like, there were so many parts where I was, like, this could have been, like, way cooler and they just like toned it down, and and like, I I kind of realized like a, a day after it was like, yeah, that makes sense because they're they're trying to make Dune like this weird ass sci fi novel from a few decades ago, you know, into like a popular thing for general audiences. Like you have to tone it down. You can't you can't start off heavy. You know, because, like, Dune is a movie about space white people going to space Iraq and starting a jihad. That's what Dune's about. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like a, white, like, a white boy trips out so hard, he starts a jihad. That's what Dune's about, right? <laughs> so it's like, well, how do we, you know, so it's like, you can't, like, you can't, you can't start off with crazy shit like that. Because that's what David Lynch did, and, you know, people kind of like that one, but... It did not yeah. do well commercially. You can't start off with, oh, hey, uh, the reason why there's no computers in this sci-fi universe is because AIs almost took over humanity, and so we have to kill them all. And now we have people who think really hard, and that's how we... That, better than a There computer. are calculators. Yeah. You know, you can't start off with shit like that. So I think, I think it's more like... My own opinion is just that, like, I don't know. I would have liked it if they went harder. Maybe they'll do that for part two, but 
I think it was like okay, but it was like watered down. I kind of have a philosophical question. I've not seen Dune, so don't don't think that I'm saying anything about the movie because I have no I hold no opinion because I haven't seen it. But do you think it is getting a lot of really positive reviews and stuff? Like I've I've basically heard like Balp's review of it was just okay is honestly the most scathing review I've heard thus far of the movie. Do you think that in the in the world of movies that we live in now, in the Marvel hellscape of movies, do you think that movies that, like, try a little harder, even if it's not that much harder, get elevated above what they would be if every other movie wasn't stupid superhero bullshit? Yeah. Yes. Yep. 100%. Absolutely. I agree. I, I think it's already happening. Yeah, it's it's like... Marvel is just making every other movie look better by comparison because of how just how fast they're pumping these shits out and how similar they are to one another. Where it's like, if you put in just a little bit of creativity, people will be like, whoa, what is this? This dude's a fucking genius. He didn't just write a movie about a superhero. There's other (laughs) stories to be told. I mean, that's what I I feel like because like that's what that's what it seriously feels like. Cause like I I it, it like I don't see man this is gonna be depressing but like I don't see people talking about movies that aren't Marvel movies anymore like I think you have to be looking that's in the right spots. They're talking about TV shows. Yeah, that's true. TV is you just kind of yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It was like yeah, movies were big, and then TV was big back when like you know like The Sopranos was coming out like hbo Uh like prestige television and then it kind of swung back towards movies for a while and now with streaming it's like swinging back towards tv again because it's super accessible right and to be fair to be fair there's a lot of good tv being made now yeah but also going back into theaters are slowly crippling and dying away like this is my my film student opinion but like Movies as a as an art form are so intrinsically tied to going into a theater and watching it projected onto a big screen in terms of like how they shoot them and how they are like made and produced that like with streaming being the new thing that everyone's doing, it just makes sense that people are going to put more effort into working on TV shows than movies because no one's watching movies anymore. Yeah. Right. And I think there's like there you bring up an interesting point of it like I feel like You're right in that, I mean, at least for live-action movies, they are shot primarily to be displayed on a big screen and not on a television, but televisions are where most people are watching them. So I almost wonder if there isn't something there where it's like, maybe people need to rethink how they even, like, shoot movies on a technical level to, like, keep up with how people are consuming the content in this day and age. I'm sure. I'm sure Netflix has people on. Yeah, that that maybe that's why they. Maybe that's why all the new Marvel movies look so bad. No, they're, trying to, they're just trying to. Adjust no, that's just for the TV. that's just how it is. <laughs> I don't even think Marvel movies look bad. I just swear to God, if I have to see another fucking story about a goddamn superhero, I'm gonna flip. Why superheroes are the best, dude? I, I'm so sick. I was sick of what superheroes. Why? 
I was sick of superhero movies when Iron Man 3 came out and it's like a never-ending hellscape of the last decade but what and if a you half. Could, but what if you could what if you could you were so strong you could lift up a rock? I want to see that on the screen. Like I don't care one? I don't care about these yeah, crazy how big stories of a rock about like about? pretty big. Like really big? Like that'd be cool. Dude. Mm, all right i take it back then that would be pretty sick yeah i, I want to see that. Right, let's go to the we'll go to the theaters after this i'm gonna show you a cool movie <laughs> called rock lifter <laughs> you heard it bro have you heard it have you heard it have you heard of the hulk what <laughs> that guy lifts rocks right. so like yeah Nobody he lifts rocks get this get this get this so the hulk is like a guy right like a scientist yeah. uh-huh and like a, a crazy experiment turns him into a big green guy, like nine feet tall. Oh, He's like, huge. Oh, oh like the Fantastic Four. What? <laughs> yeah, does he catch on fire? That's not the Avengers. Wait, uh, does he stay big? Does he stay big all the time? No, but sometimes he comes back to a little man, and like he can't oh. control it. What? Whoa! But then yeah, how that's does why, he like? See, how does see he normally buy pizza. See, normally I'd be like, well, that, why would they make him small again? This sucks. But there's the, there's the suspense. You never know when he's going to get mad and turn into the green man. And when he's wow. green, get this, he, he picks up a tank. A oh, tank wow. is kind of like oh, a rock. Dude. It's, it's crazy. It's, I think I bet a tank's even oh, heavier well, than a rock, okay. actually. Well, listen, you might be listen, right. Listen, you, listen, a lot of different superheroes can pick up rocks, but how high can he jump? Really high. How high? Oh. Pretty far, too. Dude, he can like, jump like really stars. high. What? No. Bullshit. How come I never heard of this guy? Is is this based off a true story? After the after, after the podcast, okay, I I did I did look it up. The Hulk can jump to a height of at least four hundred feet. What? Wow. One hundred twenty meters. After this podcast, listen, listen, listen. I don't want to get you too distracted. I know I know this sounds really cool. After the podcast, you come over. I'm gonna show you a game called Hulk Ultimate Destruction on the GameCube. And they made a video game out of it? Oh, 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 man. Damn. I hope there's at least ten. Are there ten? Right, I'm breaking the joke. Two. Are there ten Hulk games? No, I think there's two. <laughs> I think there's like, only ever. two. They need, to, they need to remake Ultimate Destruction. <laughs> there's a, Googling how high I can Hulk jump, there's, a, there's one result from a 2012 thread on GameSpot's forums. It says, can Hulk jump high enough to reach space? Yes. He can the idea break of jumping gravity. so high that he breaks the he breaks out of the atmosphere and just flies into space and dies. <laughs> He'd be fine. He can hold his breath. Is that how we got to Planet Hulk? Maybe. There's a planet? There's a there's something called Planet Hulk. I don't know what it is, he but does, they oh. they kind of wrapped it into like the uh one of the other Marvel movies. In the comics, he does like get sent off into space and they, like the aliens just basically Does he do it like, by jumping into space? Does he just he jump and get jump. lost? He doesn't jump. Come but, like, on, he does that's get so stranded lame. on an alien planet and they like make him fight. Yeah, and that's in one of, that's in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, they make him fight in like a gladiator. I feel like thing. wasn't that like I could be completely wrong. I don't read comic books, but wasn't the backstory of that like they just, like, made him too strong for Earth, and they were just like, we don't know what else this guy can do. We wrote the Hulk to be too strong, so we're going to strand him in space where he can fight aliens that are more powerful. <laughs> but why can't, why couldn't aliens just come to Earth? They do that in all the other Marvels. I mean, I'm sure that also happened, yes. That's the logical outcome of every superhero that's ever been created. Yeah, just, no, you're uh, right. Not Batman. Batman would get his ass kicked by an alien. That's true. Batman is a little <laughs> pussy. He'd die. 
An, a- an alien would kill he needs Batman. shitty little rocks to beat Superman. That's the only alien that he even stands a chance against because there's a stupid plot point that kills him. The regular alien, little green man, fuck up Batman's day with a ray gun. Bzz, bzz, and he's fucking dust. <laughs> yeah, turn him into a little pile of ash. <laughs> Goop. <laughs> I watched Batman vs. Superman, and I still can't believe the way they, like, stop fighting is they go, me mama Martha. <laughs> you, you mama Martha? Oh my god, that's me mama Martha. Movie. <laughs> me mama Martha. But they have the same mom. Whoa. They have the same. Their moms have the same name. That's so dumb. <laughs> that's literally. That's literally it. Yeah. Batman is literally about to stab Superman with a spear made out of crypto. Wait, does Superman go like, "Mommy, where's <laughs> mommy Martha"? No, no, no. Super like Batman is about to stab Superman with a spe- with a fucking spear. He has all this money. He he's like an arms dealer, and he makes a spear, like not a good spear, not like a high tech spear. It's like it's like it's as if a Neanderthal was like taking a taking the kryptonite <laughs> and like using like flint and stone like that's what it looks like and he's about to he stab superman he's about to stab superman with he that plenty of time. and then superman's like oh oh listen if you kill me i want you to take care of me mommy martha me mommy her name's <laughs> martha no that i refuse to believe that and i want to believe the version where superman is so close to death that he starts crying for his mommy <laughs> <laughs> he just starts sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mommy, please! Yeah, I don't want to Mommy, die. my mommy named Martha. <laughs> like the Batman's like, what did you say? You it's, mama either Martha? That, it's either that or he goes, Mommy, and Batman goes, What's your mommy's name? And he goes, Martha. <laughs> God, what a fucking movie. Mama Why Martha? are we on this stupid fucking podcast and not writing for Hollywood right now? We are our talents are I mean, wasted. I mean we're working on we're working on a screenplay. Are we plan on working yeah. on screenplay? But yeah, but Batman's not in it. He could, could be. be. He could be, I guess. Yeah. We could, could have this be. scene. He could be Wayne, right? <laughs> Can we get the rights to Batman? Well well here, here's what we'll do. When we finish we're not going to say anything, but if we ever finish writing this, I'll see if we can send it to DC. How about that? And they'll definitely say yes. Is Superman, Superman Cries for Mama. That's the title. <laughs> there, there are various characters that are available to us for free. Uh, we could get Sherlock Holmes as long as he does not show any emotion. Is that what, what is that? What? what is that? Or like, yeah, that, that that's like the that's the rule around using Sherlock Holmes. Emotionless Sherlock Holmes what? is fair use. Like what the the trade the co- the the trademark or copyright or whatever is expired Specifies for, for emotionless Sherlock Holmes. But Sherlock Holmes with emotions is recent enough that the Arthur Conan Doyle estate to own How it. Does that, no but it's the same way. character. That doesn't make any sense. Was it was that like a trait? Was that like a trait he had in the original like publications of Sherlock Holmes? He didn't feel emotions. I don't know. Something about that. Like that How was do you a even thing. define that? That was a thing back um If he doesn't cry. Were... Make sure Sherlock Holmes does not say yippee when he solves a case and you're good. Whenever they were making that movie about like what was it? It was like girl Sherlock Holmes or Sherlock Holmes' sister or something. I can't remember. Like they were making a movie about that and they had Sherlock Holmes in it, but Sherlock Holmes was like nice or something. And then the author's estate uh, like sued the movie production company because you're not allowed to have Sherlock Holmes be anything but like a cold, calculating detective. 
unless that you is... like get the rights from them. I don't understand how that. And that's works, also though. that's also why the character in the Great Ace Attorney, like the the Phoenix Wright games that are set in the past, that's why his name is Herlock Sholmes. Oh, that's wait, but that I, hold. I'm sorry, I'm getting my mind blown because does that just mean that you can take any licensed character and change their emotions, and suddenly it's fair to use? I don't know, it's some, there's some weird thing where they're like, I guess there's like a very distinct point where Sherlock Holmes as a character changes or something, and so they like insist on getting into legal matters over it. I don't know. If we take Batman and make him really happy, I think that means that we can use him then, because he's got different emotions than regular Batman. He's happy Ooh, Batman. And we have precedent. The suit's pink. We crying for happy. mommy Superman. Crying for mommy Superman is ours. Yeah, the version of Superman where he's really scared all the time. Normal, normal Superman would never cry for his mommy, so it's fair use. That <laughs> yes, ours exactly, does. exactly. And Mario, we can have like, like horny Mario because <laughs> blue gloves. Yeah. Imagine that. Have they ever done evil Mario? I'm not counting Shadow Mario that's, from that's Sunshine. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Mario. Mario's not really evil Mario. He's like, that's like greedy Mario. His name is Bad Mario. <laughs> Why well, Wario? Is that what it translates to? Yeah, like Warui. Yeah, Wa just means bad. Yeah, oh, Warui is like the word for bad. Okay, well, so I'm talking about fun. like actually Mario, but evil, not a different guy. Um, you mean like like Mario, but he kills someone? Is that what you mean? Like Mario, but his hat, but his hat is black, and he like uses like dark fireballs, and he's cool. As oh, fuck. so you mean sh- so you mean Shadow the Hedgehog, but for Mario? <laughs> yeah, yes, it's, uh, exactly. I think we're thinking of Luigi. I don't think so. No, not Luigi. Luigi's just scared Mario. I don't think there's ever been a Shadow the Hedgehog for Mario. I think there should be though. I think Nintendo's scared sitting on Mario. a gold mine. <laughs> scared scared Mario is to. Luigi. We, okay, so okay. we need to start writing DC movies, and we need to start coming up with new Nintendo properties that involve evil Mario, because I think we got several that is million like, That is, like, ideas. such an insane idea of, like, going to Nintendo and pitching them, like, just bullshit you did with their property. Not, like, an original <laughs> title. It's like, yeah, so we, I want to make a Mario game, but, like, it's, like, twisted. It's like, you remember, you remember Shadow the Hedgehog? <laughs> you ever play Sonic Adventure 2 Battle? <laughs> It's it's really it's ac- it's actually just Sonic Adventure Two Battle. This this would be the easiest sketch in the world to film. You just need to have like one person spill this all out, and then just have like a, a group of people just like not react at all to it. Yeah, the entire time while he's describing like, have you ever seen? Yeah, yeah. So back so back in uh, the early two thousands, they made this game called Sonic Adventure Two. Now part of the that part of the thing they had is this Shadow the Hedgehog guy, who's like the the, the main character, but it's he's like evil. Sonic so but thinking, mad. So I was thinking we could go back to that, but for Mario, we're gonna we're going to do we're going to do a lot of inspired mechanics from Sonic Adventure Two. I believe Mario should be able to pick up a coin and go coin control and turn back time and <laughs> yeah. make make Bowser a baby again. And he will have the light speed dash. <laughs> Imagining Mario light speed dashing through coins is great. Surprised they never did that. Honestly, that would be pretty cool. Nintendo a email light speed us. Mario dash. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I want to see Mario dash through some coins. Wasn't there something like that in Odyssey? Probably, I feel like there was. I, don't know. I mean, you could dive into your hat. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the your, same. Your hat, could, your hat could dive into a telephone wire and you could go through it. 
Yeah, it's not exactly. And that was pretty fast, but... I, I don't know. Yeah. Not as crazy as the Hulk. Mario can't even jump 400 feet. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's true. Kind of stupid. I mean, he can jump pretty high. That's like his whole thing. What if Princess Peach injects Mario with a serum, and now he... And now he he's green and he's big and he can jump. All right, so so feet. so I'm the Nintendo I'm the I'm the Nintendo exec and I ask you why what is Princess Peach's motivation for injecting Mario with a syringe? It's a test. It's a <laughs> test of what? <laughs> military science. This is to see if you're really worthy to save me. This is military girl boss Princess Peach reimagining. She is no longer a princess. She is now uh like a top scientist working She's for the Mushroom Marvel Kingdom character. government. All of the, all of the, all of her subjects are diaper babies with mushroom hats. So he needs, she needs a super soldier to go to war against King Koopa. We we joke, but all of this is going to be in the Mario movie. Hey, hey, that that brings up a good point. What was Bruce Banner doing that he just injected himself with something that turns him into the Hulk? Bro, that's not it. It's gamma radiation. It was oh. gamma. gamma radiation. He got exposed to it. I it like a, your version a... that he just injected himself with something. <laughs> what will this do? Belp, you're thinking of Dr. Heckle and Mr. Jive. No, Mr. Jive. Jive. Oh, Mr. Jive. <laughs> no, Mr. Jive. At night, he learns how to dance. He could groove. <laughs> I think that's what they did to Captain America, though. They 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 gave yeah, him. Yeah, they, they made him a super soldier. They gave him a shot that turns him but into a what, six but, foot tall. But they guy. know. But they were trying to make him into a six foot tall guy, though. Bruce Banner was just like, oh, I'm gonna blast myself with gamma rays. <laughs> I wonder what this will do. I don't think he did it willingly. I think it was an accident. It was absolutely an accident. Oh. I yeah, remember, isn't it I fucked up that like Spider Man stuck his hand in that? bin full of radioactive spiders and was like bite me bite me come on come on i want super i need to be spider-man is there anything is there anything else you want to talk about <laughs> no just putting it nah. out there <laughs> Yeah, we we talked about superheroes a ridiculous amount on this on this episode. We probably have to get to questions have. if we 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 should. Get yeah, we to should questions. probably go to the email segment. Emails. Emails. Hey, wait. Not do we have a, Do right. we do we have a new Do we have a new mid podcast song too? Oh yeah, all the music's going to be different. <sighs> a little bit of emails oh in this. God. Now we actually got Scatman John for the for the mid. Email time. Yeah, it wasn't what the music was like. Calling out for emails. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Calling out for emails, Bow. Can we reanimate Scatman John so we can read these, you make better listen to me. I'm going to give you your topic. That song is awesome. I want to listen to some Scatman now. That shit was, no one did that before him. That was all wild. In what, like, what made music? <laughs> <laughs> he invented music in 1999. I don't know. His Wikipedia says he was the first one to use melody in a song. <laughs> Before that, it was all just like beating rocks with sticks. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking Beatles. No melody whatsoever.
Rip off of Scatman John. They didn't even know what music was. They just like made noises and people recorded it. Sort of like this podcast. Mm-hmm. Remember, folks at home, if you want to enter your uh, your thoughts into this podcast, I guess you got to email us. That's what we do now. Questions, topics, uh, recipes, stories, anecdotes, whatever the fuck you got. You email us at where do we begin QA at gmail.com. And what do we have in the inbox this month? First things first from Cameron. We got we got someone who someone who uh, wants to touch upon last month's topic about the ketchup. Remember the fast food ketchup? Scenario? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They say Wayne is absolutely correct. That fast food ketchup packets are terrible. So yeah, someone, someone someone took the test. I'm glad. I'm glad that they. I'm glad that they specified that because I did not remember what I was correct about. Isn't <laughs> yeah, that one great? We just don't remember shit. Yep. Uh, Information just gone from the brain. Furthermore, they say I'm too busy thinking about the Hulk. Furthermore, I believe any fast food fry worth its salt is tasty enough without ketchup. Oh, see, that's a stance. You know, I actually agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree because like. I, and I think this is what I was probably talking about last month, but it's like a lot of the times I have to eat fast food fries where I don't have the luxury of being able to put ketchup in a little dip spot, right? Like, you just got to eat them. Yeah, like they're falling from the ceiling into my mouth. I got to catch them like it's a mini game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also wanted mm-hmm. to ask... If I eat enough, I get 10 coins. They also wanted to ask, uh, what's everyone's favorite fast food fry? I guess I bet McDonald's is probably most people's favorites. Uh, no. No, no, no. I mm. think the best fast food fry is probably, and this is one that I've tasted recently, it's probably Golden Chick. Really? Yes. I would maybe vote Five Guys, but I don't know if that counts. I feel like that's too expensive to count. When, when, we, say fa- when we say fast yeah, food... Yeah, that was like, going to be my question. It ha- it, let's say the rule is it has to be like a place that typically has a drive-thru and isn't, it isn't super expensive. Five I Guys see. is too expensive. Yeah, Five Guys is yeah. fast casual. Yeah. So, do enhanced fries count? What that's, the fuck does that mean? That's also. You mean like question. animal style? At yeah, like animal In-N-Out? style fries. Yeah, yeah, you could. I, I'd say that's fair. Those In-N-Out animal style are pretty good. They're pretty good. That'd probably be my pick too. Yeah. Barring just like because well, the problem is is like In-N-Out fries usually aren't ex- especially good on their own. I feel like that's the thing is they're not very good on their yeah. own, and you need the they animal style never, to make them good. They would never hold up on their own. They need the animal style. Now, if I could get animal style fries, if I could go to In N Out and I'll bring them my little basket of French fries and say, like, can you put the animal style stuff on this? And I had the golden chick fries, that would be really good. <laughs> They'd be like, sir, go to the store and order get some American cheese and Thousand Island dressing and some onions and you're good. Yeah. I'm speaking right into your ear now. I need you to do this I'm for sorry. me. I need you to go to Ralph's. <laughs> so so what I'm curious about, because I just I just moved to Texas recently, and Golden Chick was not something I had ever heard of before coming down to Texas. How widespread is Golden Chick? Is that a Texas chain? I think it's or a southern it... chain. Southern and specifically? Yeah, yeah. their fries, they, they are the only... I've had battered French fries before, like beer-battered French fries, that style. Uh, the Golden Chick is the only fast food place I've ever seen do them, and it's fucking good. The not as good as like a restaurant beer-battered fry, but like I don't know. I don't think I've had better ones than that. I'm thinking about like what other places that have curly fries, and what comes to mind is Jack in the Box and Arby's. Yeah, not impressive places, but the fries though are pretty nice. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the brave person here, and I'm gonna defend Arby's. I don't think Arby's is that bad. I like Arby's. Really? Yeah, it's fine. It's not like my favorite, but it's. I just edible. like I, I I don't know why. 
for as long as I can remember, I've been scared of Arby's. Like, there's just there's just something about the food they serve and the way they present it where, like, no, I'm afraid that if I'll eat it, I'll get sick. I don't know. Like, <laughs> They've done a really bad job of advertising if your first thought upon <laughs> seeing them is, what if it makes me sick? I've been to Arby's <laughs> once, and I was, like, nervous when I was ordering. I was like, what do I get? I don't know. And I ended up getting, like, curly fries and a milkshake. And the milkshake was terrible, but the curly fries were okay. Wayne, they got this crazy thing at fast food menus where they just number the meals and you can just pick one at random if you want. Well, <laughs> but like, what if I get unlucky and I get like a roast beef sandwich? I'll get sick. Oh, no, you picked the number 13. <laughs> yeah, we have the, the decoy meal on the menu. Don't order that one. It's got the Vor- we, we got the Voorhees meal. You shouldn't have picked <laughs> the number 13 and they walk around the counter and handcuff you and hand you like a burger with nails in it. You gotta eat this. Also, that'll be $40. Give us your debit card. We'll keep it back here until you're done. <laughs> well, that was sort of an answer. That was sort of Pop, an what answer. what is yours? Oh, yeah. Yours McDonald's? Yeah, I, I, it's kind of fucked up, because I, I swear off McDonald's, but, like, I still think they just have, like... I don't even think they do anything nefarious to them. I think they're just good. I, they, Their fries are uniquely desirable. They have They have the... They have, like, the picturesque fast food yeah, fry. Yeah, they have the picturesque fast food fry. The golden standard. And allegedly, I want to try this someday, allegedly what they do, it's probably why they're not healthy for you, is allegedly what they do is they brine them in salt and sugar before they Yeah, fry. that makes sense. That's... You don't super taste the sugar, but it's enough to make them a little bit yeah. addictive. Which is not, bit, oh, which is not too taste. weird. A lot of Asian food just has, like, straight up sugar in it, like, as a, as like a yeah. bro- in, like, the mm-hmm. brines and stuff. It's normal. Someone else wanted to touch upon the uh, ketchup scenario, and I think this will be the last thing I mention about it. Uh, Daniel says, my fiance and I were listening to the October episode, and when Loctus was describing the ball of ketchup that the McDonald's employees have been giving uh, him, she actually revealed to me this is just a thing that happens for some reason. The ketchup comes in sometimes with sort of a mystery sick, sticky substance on it. Oh no! Yeah. That occasionally, that occasionally. So it's not even the ketchup. It's just like a it's thing. The it's something yeah. else. The packet, no, yeah. no, no, no. I can. I. This is any packet you get at any fast food place. It could be like it could be like ketchup residue from an exploded packet that made it that was in the box. Oh it no! It could be like it could be like drink syrup that dripped into the box. There are like. Yes. There's like an 80% chance that the packets you get from a fast food place are sticky. Taco Bell sauce, Conde salsa, ketchup, whatever you get. Yeah, cross-contamination. They are always stored at like the lowest shelf in the store. Yes. And just because of how fast food places work, the number of things that are on top of it and like the number of sodas that get spilled in it is just monumental. Yeah, but it's only ketchup though. But you could get lucky and there might be like a chicken nugget that fell in there in your fistful of sauce packets. (laughs) Imagining... Imagining someone at McDonald's like, all right, what kind of sauce do you want? Oh, barbecue, please. And they hand me like like a whole handful of like three barbecue packs, and there's just a stray chicken nugget in there, and they just put it in. I would be concerned. (laughs) You gonna eat that or what? Eat it in front of me right now. This is my blessing. Yeah, they look really disappointed. It's like, oh, I was expecting you'd enjoy it. The they have a uh, to finish reading their email. Uh, so yeah, mystery su- sticky substance on it that occasionally causes causes them to clump up like that. 
She's done it to me once or twice when I ordered something that didn't require ketchup, but she did say it was extremely weird that you had it happen to you three times in the past. So this person, is, it's a problem for this person too. Uh, and they actually have a question. Has anyone ever annoyed you so much while working in a retail or food service position that you purposely gave them a shittier product than you give most people and what was it? That comes from Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. I'm having a hard time remembering. I, I worked for like four years yeah. at a food service job and like I, it wasn't like pride because I didn't like fucking care that much. But you know, it was like, it just like being in the spirit of being a good person. Like I, I, I would just, you know, like if someone was rude or being kind of shitty, I was like, oh, whatever. You get the same shit that everyone else gets. I just, I'm not going to be nice to you. Sort nah. of. Nah, I was pissing and shitting and all those tacos. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> everyone every well if they were if they were like if they if they didn't know about like my favorite video games when i try to talk to them about them like <laughs> like if they can't if they can't talk about like sonic adventure 2 with me what's the like just get a enjoy your shit taco bitch the uh i was trying to make a friend <laughs> instead i make i force it into an enemy uh i think the most i ever did was probably like whenever i, I worked the drive through at taco bell when i was there so like one thing I always try to do is like a little pet peeve of mine is like when you get a drink at like a like a fast food place and they like don't fill the cup up all the way. Uh-huh. Like I would normally be courteous enough to like fill it as as much as I safely could. But if someone was being a dickhead, I just like up all the way. That's very minor and not anything <laughs> compared to you peeing get and pooping. Three and less sips of soda, sir. <laughs> just slightly petty, just barely petty. Seriously, that is like I mean I I don't want to say like all oh, food service employees think like this, but like when you when you do that kind of job every day, you do get in the kind of like weird mindset of like karmic retribution and like small things like that. Like, ha, this person was rude to me, and now they're going to get three less sips of their drink. Like it's just like a little you'll miss those little sips. Burst of, yeah, it's a little burst of dopamine. I'm only putting one pickle on. You your won't burger. even know it. But generally, generally, like in fast food, I would always find ways to like give people more shit than they asked for if I could, like because I because I had the freedom to do so, and it was just like, fuck yeah, here's some cinnamon twists. You want them? Here you go. Like or like they get an extra little cinnamon bun cum bite, whatever. They're like awesome. Yeah, those are yeah. I, every time I bring that up, I gotta say that's not my name for them. That was like what people called them when they ordered them. Yeah, all them cum balls. <laughs> I remember uh, your story about. I've this. talked about this so many times. Truck, how about you when you worked at a movie theater? Yeah, you know, the thing was with the movie theater is that, like, there wasn't a whole lot of ways to really slight people, even if I wanted to do it, which I generally didn't. Also, the management was very anal about, like, like you, you couldn't give anybody anything more or less or, for like, than what they asked for because they were like fucking hawks if there was a single drink cup that not sucks. like not accounted for like people damn. got in trouble wow. fuck you cinemark damn that's like the total opposite that's like the total opposite i haven't had that job for like 15 years fuck you cinemark at taco bell the taco bell i worked at was like relatively chill in that sense we were just we were just allowed to like take cups of soda whenever we wanted and just kind of like as, as long as the customers couldn't see us drinking they didn't care the food food service is different because it's like you are your whole store operates off of having like too much shit at any given time for the most part. So it's like, well, or if you do have too much shit, what, movie like, theater food people, service doesn't. I don't know. That no, seems but, like no, but that's not like the that's not the reason why you go to a movie theater. You go to a movie theater to see a movie, and the the snacks and stuff like that are like some 
some bonus bonus content of going to a movie theater. So it makes sense that management's really shitty and stringy with it, even if it doesn't cost them. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure it wasn't like my direct manager's fault. I'm sure it was like, it was the people above them that like, if they didn't, like, yeah, like if they didn't keep a proper account of it, then they would get in trouble. So it's just like a shitty chain of command that goes all the way down to 16-year-old me giving people buckets of popcorn and soda and like, being anal about like i better make sure all of my cups are in order or else i'm gonna get in trouble that fucking blows mm-hmm. well it's okay because i don't work there anymore hey congratulations on quitting your theater job hey. uh you know what use your superman powers to go back in time 10 years and tell me then <laughs> in 10 years you'll be on a podcast <laughs> and you'll be talking about this hey <laughs> you thought i forgot but I didn't forget. Why didn't you get Justin to make a song for this? No, I like my rendition. I like my. It's Bob's grievances. Dun 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 dun. Okay. I will go first. All right. Um. Up here in the Northeast, there's a lot of pizza places, and I think two days ago, I went to go order a pizza, so I just, like, I have the number saved on my phone, so I just, like, call it, and I call it, I'm like, alright, I'll come pick it up, and I walked to a pizza place, it was the wrong pizza place, and so I had to <gasps> walk back, basically they were, like, in a straight line with my house in the middle, so I had to walk back to my house, pretty much, and then back the other way to the real pizza place that I called, and it was, I ended up walking for, like, 30 minutes, it sucked. Damn. What a grievance. <laughs> Who else is grieving this month? Who's got, ter- who's got things terrible. to grieve? It was terrible. It was- did I complain about airplanes in the last podcast? Yes. That was already a previous yeah, grievance. Yeah, I mean, it could be That's a- my grievance again, because I flew again, <laughs> and it's the same fucking problem. People don't know how to get off <laughs> yes. of planes. There's a system for boarding. Why isn't there a system for exiting? The double grievance. There, there, there is no like. There is no etiquette getting off of a plane. No, like it is. It is just. It is just fucking survival of the fittest, and it's the fucking worst. Survival of the shittiest, actually. <laughs> Here's what I'll say about Bob's grievances. It is. It is within spirit. It is within the spirit of the segment that you can have the same grievance multiple months <laughs> multiple if times. it still annoys you. <laughs> if it still annoys you, yes. If you can't get it off your mind and nothing new has replaced it, that is your grievance for this month too. So that's the reason valid. the reason why this is a grievance is because I I took a business trip the, a few weeks ago and I flew to somewhere and flew back the same day. No grievances in the on the morning flight. It was actually kind of fine. But going home, uh, I got to the airport really early and I was like, man, I'm hungry, but I don't want to eat now. I want to eat when I get back. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pre order a pizza. And so I scheduled. <laughs> I scheduled a pizza to be delivered to my house around the time that I thought I would get home. Then the flight got delayed. The Ooh. just not not a ton, not a ton, uh, but it was but it was enough where I was like, okay, I'm gonna be rushing off this plane to get this pizza when I get home. Uh, and we landed, and when my phone got connection again, it was like, oh shit, the pizza's been there for like 20 minutes already. I gotta <laughs> hurry. I got I gotta get off this plane. I gotta get off this plane as fast as I can. And like, I get in the aisle and like. There were a bunch of people in front of me who were ready to go and like could have just walked and powered through anyone else who was sitting in their chairs like the aisle seat people in first class. But these 
pussies bent over backwards for the first class passengers. Listen, you first class fuckers, you had it nice enough on the fucking plane. We don't have to give you the courtesy to let you get off before us. Just blitz past them. And every single person waited every fucking possible second that they could have to let these people slowly get their bags and take their smart waters out of their backpacks and get off the plane while I'm just standing there like, if I could I would have just ran past you and trampled you fucking people. I gotta get to my pizza! The, and then <laughs> The Noid's gonna get to it. <laughs> oh no. The person, the person who was blocking me, like, who was sitting in my, in my aisle, like, like I, I was on the window seat the other person was in the aisle seat. Uh, I do feel a little bad. I could tell they weren't in a rush, but I was like, I, I did just look at them and tell them, like, hey, can I get past you? I really got to get out of here. And I was talking about getting a pizza. The, uh, <laughs> oh, you told them? You told them? Oh, my God. I mean, I didn't tell them I was getting a pizza, but I okay. asked if I could, like, skip past them because okay, I was in a rush. Okay, but that, that's okay. why I was in a rush. Um, and then I couldn't find my car where I parked in the garage. So I was, like, looking for my car for, like, 20 minutes. And when I got home, pizza was still warm. I was actually surprised. Wow. Nice. Wow. But my plane Damn. my plane grievance it, it withstands. Okay. Uh does anyone else have a grievance for this month? Any other grievances? How about you, Mike? You're a guest. Anything yeah, pissing you off yeah. lately? Um nothing like nothing explainable and nothing funny. So I will pass. That spammed it, motherfucker. Why hasn't someone killed him yet? <laughs> It's okay because none of our the, this segment is not for comedy. This segment is to air our <laughs> grievances out to the world. These are none of these are funny. No, this segment isn't funny. If at you all. laugh during serious. this segment, you're wrong because it's not funny. Okay, uh, then I'll temporarily air uh, a grievance. I I quit a, a job recently, uh, which was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like one of the last few days I had there was literally like the worst shift I had ever worked there in the entire like, three years that I'd been in that franchise, like, the worst fucking shift ever, because, like, singularly owner, like, decisions from the owner that just, like, baffle and confuse me, like, firing the the general manager of our store when we're already in a really bad position, and, like, basically not replacing them with anyone fast enough, so that, like, we just have one day where it's, like, I show up at, like, in the morning, and the opening manager's like, yeah, it's only been me here all morning, we're only, like, half open, and then, like, we get a normal amount of business and just everything was fucked all the way down. And if I hadn't been like, oh, I'm only going to be here for two more days, I would have been like fucking fuming. But like, because of how close I was to the finish line, I was just like, I just had like sort of an impish curiosity. Like, my God, how could, how 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 did this work? work? How how is it going to continue to work when I am gone? This is amazing. But it was, uh, but thankfully it's like, you get a lot of customers. I made a lot of fucking money that day because there was no one because I was a delivery driver, so there was no one fucking like oh. I, I just had more every single one of them was like an hour late. And that's working oh, as a delivery no. driver, like that just sucks because it's like that usually isn't in your control. Like when you show up like, hey, hey bud, sorry I'm here like a fucking hour late with your fucking food. But like we literally could not get this out any faster than we did. So I'm usually just like, Thank you for waiting. Here you go. And Thankfully, in the last couple of years, like, especially after COVID, people have generally been pretty considerate about that. Like, I, like, I remember, like, at a store I worked at previously, people, but I would get way more people who are, like, upset or just, like, shitty when I gave them their food late. And it's like, not my fault, bud, but sorry, you, you're welcome for letting you take it out on me. But, like, ever since COVID, people are like, yeah, it's okay, I understand. 
it's it's a bad time to be in food service so that's nice that's the opposite of a grievance I wonder how long that'll last um uh i think it's already expiring it's it's yeah, it's, it's already a, on its way out we've hit the limit i, I definitely had a uh one of like on that day where everything was fucked i definitely handed an order to a lady and she like she she took it and like looked at me in the eyes and said thank you but she was wearing a mask and she did like a really convincing job of like saying thank you very kindly but i could tell just by like the amount of like muscle tension in her face that i could see around the mask that she was not fucking (laughs) smiling at all she just looked at me dead in the eyes and was like thank you Uh, and like took it and left and i was like oh okay (laughs) nice i don't know sometimes like sometimes i'll like be courteous enough to say thank you and stuff but like i won't i don't always smile i just like i just i tell every delivery driver i I, love it depends it depends (laughs) about my energy yeah I tell them I love them and I blow them Wait, three Wayne, you're right, but also I have <laughs> Thank you so much. I have I handed you. orders to enough fucking people enough times that like I, I have a sixth sense about it. Like I can tell when someone's actually legitimately mad that I'm late. The vaccines made yeah. people mean again. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to see that. Oh, uh, we don't talk about that. Um I don't know if this really fertile. counts as a grievance. I had an occurrence. Oh this is a new segment Trump's called Trump's Occurrences. occurrences. <laughs> I only bring this up because it was... Hey, I have a Wayne's occurrence, too. Because it was so baffling. I've never had any... I feel like a couple podcasts ago, even, somebody asked a question about, like, what's the weirdest thing you've seen in public? And I didn't have an answer. But now I have one. Because I went to Target, just grocery shopping. I swing down an aisle, and there are two people there. One person that looks maybe a little bit older than me, maybe in his mid-30s. And a lady who looked like she was probably my mom's age, maybe like uh, even a little older than that, maybe in like her 60s. And they were just in the ethnic food aisle making out harder than I've ever seen two people in public make out. Like it was it was bizarre how hard they were kissing each other in the target. Uh, The French. It was super weird. I don't. That sure crazy, wow! I don't think that top. I don't think that tops the eating pussy on a bike path story that I told. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fair. But I'm just saying this was the weirdest thing that I had seen. I swear these people were like one step away from just having sex. I feel like like that is how hard they were. You should have. You should have. You should have stuck around. And found out. They probably were about to. Your story could have been even crazier. You left too early. Well, here, here's where it transitions into grievance is like, I'm, I'm, I'm walking down the aisle. I don't even notice them at first. And I like, cause I'm like looking at my phone or whatever. And then I look up and they're like taking up the whole aisle, just kissing. And I like stand behind them for like a good, like 10 seconds. Like, are they going to move out of the way? And then they never do. (laughs) And I just turn around and walk out of the aisle and have to go around them. So that's where it transitions into grievance is they were kissing too hard to pay attention to me. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway that was just the weirdest thing i've ever seen in public that i can remember it was absolutely bizarre wow gone ma influence but the, the proximity <laughs> alone i was just looking for some ramen and like i don't know uh my wayne's occurrence is the other day i was walking doby uh and i was running with him because he just saw a dog that he couldn't say hi to so he was really pent up so i was like sprinting alongside him 
and I and as I was running past the house, a, a lady came out to take her dogs for a walk, which are two huskies. Every single time we've run into her previously, uh, they've like she specifically goes out of her way to like avoid us because I don't like I I always figured it was because the dogs are aggressive. But the dogs were like she and the dogs were not expecting me and Doby to be sprinting down the sidewalk. Uh, and it made the dog so excited. It made the woman fall on her face and the dogs got oh, loose and charged ooh. us. And and I was like, oh, God, what the fuck do I do? One, we were right on the side of a super busy street. Uh, two, I didn't know if these dogs were aggressive. And three, uh, it was dark. So I saw the woman fall and I and I was focusing on the dogs and I did not see her get up for a good while. I was like, did she just did she fucking knock out? Oh is she unconscious? I was like. And, and I was like focusing on, on making sure Doby didn't get tangled up with the dog because that's like there is no faster ticket to a dog fight than them getting tangled up by their leashes. Um, the and I was just like I was just talking like, hey, should I should, like because I, I also had to keep the dogs interested in Doby so they didn't run out into the middle of the street. It was like this weird thing. So I was like I was yelling over to her like, hey, should I like pick my dog up? Like, but I didn't want to say like so that your dogs don't bite the shit out of my dog because I didn't really know if they're aggressive and I don't want to judge someone. Yeah, there was also that element oh, of it, too. Thankfully, the dogs were just really strong and not aggressive, and that's why she always avoided us, because they would pull like that. Um, the uh, the dogs were just very chill. The, the huskies just ran up and sniffed him, and they, st- they stood there. And then, like, a, a nearly naked man came out of the house and, like, what? collected the dogs. Yeah, I guess her husband was not dressed to go on a walk. Oh, no. <laughs> well, your neighborhood <laughs> was, is weird, man. I don't think that's that weird. That's pretty. That could happen anywhere. Yeah, but what about all the old men? That listen, they're just attracted to my house. The, the old <laughs> the old men always appear within proximity of my house, and they just disappear when I'm not looking at them. Yeah, maybe they, they don't even. They get maybe cold. they're like ghosts or something. Maybe they used to live there. Okay, okay. The one of them is definitely not a ghost because he lives in a house across the street, and I see him all the time. The other, the guy who is just in a walker sitting at the end of my sidewalk, who just asked me where he was, that might have been a ghost because I I didn't see him leave, and I've never seen him again. <laughs> Don't know why he was there. I feel like whatever reason they're drawn to your Sick. house is probably in your weird den with the fireplace. Like some 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 energy in that room is what's <laughs> yeah. drawing them to your place. The haunted eight track yeah. tape. Yeah, player. exactly. Some sort of haunting is definitely going on in that room. Hmm. Uh, Log, do you have a grievance? I don't have a grievance. I'm just hungry. Um, That's an occurrence. Do you want to talk about inscription now? Or You know what? We should. This is going to be a long podcast. Let's cover some... Au- I'll cover some audience grievances real quick, because I wanted to do that. Yeah, but then, let's, then we can Let's talk about inscription. Uh, so... So some grievances, not just from us, but from you. We're starting off with a doozy. Oh my god. 99 Cent Soda says, I tried a medjool date. That's a date, like the fruit from a very specific region. And they're supposed to be very good. Tried this date for the first time. It was delicious. And it turns out, I'm allergic. Oh no! Damn. That is a bummer. Terrible, it sucks terrible. to find out that, that you're allergic to something. To something tasty, that super too. Sucks. Right? Yeah. I have a, do you... I have a friend that's allergic to bananas, and I always am like... I'm like, oh, that fucking sucks. Is that friend me? Bananas. Because I'm allergic to bananas. No, what, what happens when you eat bananas? Does it hurt your mouth? Yeah, just it kind of just makes it itch and be uncomfortable. It's so weird. I've like... Most food allergies I know are like... They don't like hurt your mouth, but bananas consistently do. Like all, like all the other food allergies I know are like after you eat them, it's like digesting them is what makes you itchy. But like bananas, it hits instantly. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. 
I'm not a doctor. We got another grievance from Ace. Ace says, I'm a janitor. My grievance is that they replaced all the mops and buckets at work with reusable Swiffers and with with non-brand name stuff that doesn't clean as well. And they all have shorter handles. So now I have to bend more. My back hurts. I I bet they have short handles. And I bet the sponge at the bottom of the Swiffer is not nearly as wide as the old mops could, could cover. So it basically makes you work twice as hard. Why would they replace a Swiffer with a mop? I had that I had that happen at Peco for a while where like our mop what if we had to throw out one of our mops and like all I had was a little shitty Swiffer and it took me twice as long to do anything. That's ridiculous. Like, Swiffers are for home. Yeah, that is kitchen. not that is, Swiffers are not meant to be used like that. It sounds like a weird like budget thing, but yeah. like why throw out all the old mops? I was we you, they were still using them it sounded like why'd they get rid of them? All right, uh, we have a grievance part two from Fern. I I guess I called them British or something. I don't remember <laughs> shit. But they said they said I'm Romani Canadian, not British. So there's their updated right. grievance. Their uh, their grievance is literally tied to the show. I don't know why I called you British. I don't know, but whatever. Yeah, we we don't even remember that. Well, about now it's a new segment. Balp's apology. Uh, and our final grievance comes from Sluggo. They say, Midsummer towards the beginning of fall, I experience extreme levels of stink bugs in my oh, home. No. I fucking... Oh, I, when, I, when I lived in New England, I had that problem. They're terif- uh They say, visually, I wouldn't describe these bugs as frightening, but when they fly, they, they, that shit scare me, and they stink like sour apples. <laughs> The big, problem, the, the big issue, okay, okay, so I, I want to talk about stink bugs for a second. The big issue with stink bugs is, like, for me, they never, like, would fly. What they do is they'll climb up onto the ceiling, get above you, and then intentionally drop on you. They, like, they, they jump onto you. It's so weird. I don't know why they do it. Because, like, the shitty thing is, is, like, they do that very much intentionally, but it's not like they latch onto you. They'll just, like, hit you in the head and fall. Like, it, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do. But here's the stink bug strategy. Sure, they, they smell like sour apples usually when they die, right? What you need to do is you need to get, like, a paper towel or something and, like, crush it up so hard the smell can't escape. Like, like <laughs> fucking compact that ball into iron and then you will not smell it. And then throw it away as fast as possible. stink bugs have, like, a primordial genetic memory of being platformer enemies. Like, st- sitting on the <laughs> ceiling and waiting until someone comes underneath them before they drop. Yeah. Waiting for the trigger. We can talk about inscription. Now. We were gonna talk about inscription, everybody. So hey, we're gonna talk about this game. Uh, no holds barred. So if you're either uh, if you either think you're never gonna ever play it, which I think you should reconsider and go play the game now, uh, or if you've already played it and you want to have a have a like a proxy conversation with the podcasters, the about inscription, you can. We're gonna leave gaps in between each topic for you to give your answer, like Dora the Explorer, <laughs> so no. you feel like no. you're in on the conversation. No, no, we're that. not doing that. No, yeah. why? Because it's going to make it take longer. I think the the shareholders want that. The shareholders want that. So we're going to lose all our stock. So <laughs> Fuck. That's on you. Jokes aside, though, we, we, we are going to be talking about this game for the rest of the podcast. So if you want to avoid spoilers because you're going to play it or you're still playing it, seriously, tune out now. It's okay. We can't say shit, but what we can say is, like, go play it. You'll probably love it. Even if you don't like card games, yes, you'll I, probably I love don't it. Like, I don't like card games very much. I had a great time with this. Um... Uh, it is best experienced without spoilers. So if you have any interest yes. in it, just just try it. It's fun. Just try it. 
The funny part is if you if you haven't played the game and you try to listen to this conversation, it's probably not going to make yeah. any fucking sense at probably all. Not. So yeah, that's the thing. It's going to be yeah, it's going to be very confusing because this is a very unique game, which is why we're talking about it. Go digest this game somehow, some way. Whether you like watch someone else play it or, yeah. or yeah, play yeah, yourself yeah. or something. Eat this game. Right. Now that everybody has stopped it's, listening, spoilers now. So where do where Hey, where do we begin? Where do we begin? Where do we begin? I think we should begin with... But she deserved not better. Not a real episode starts. That was just a ploy. No, we're kidding. Um, Inscription is a uh, wonderful game uh, with some confusing choices uh, and one of the more... One, one of the... One of the in, in recent memory, one of the most impressive, like graphical designed yeah. games like yes yeah. the visuals yeah, the oh my god it's like the yeah it's what pulls everyone in like the 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 art direction the art direction is it's probably its strongest trait uh right up there with gameplay at least for act one i have a quick question just to like go around and like because we have all played it we've all beaten it where do you think, like, 1 out of 10, where do you think this game is? I don't want to, like, uh, you know, and it's not like we're hmm. we're doing a review show kind of thing, but I want to know where everyone thinks this game stands. Like, I, I give I give Inscription a 9.5. 9.5, wow. damn. That's so, big. like, close to perfect. That .5, that, the .5 deduction is literally just the final moments of the game. That's literally <laughs> the only thing I have an issue with. Uh, as we will probably surely refer to this as a uh, post-rectangle. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely talk about it. Yeah. Post-rectangle segments yeah, of the game. Yeah. I don't know if I'd give it a 9.5, but I think it definitely sits at, like... I think it sits at, like, an 8. An 8. Maybe yeah, a, that's what a I strong eight. Eight. I an 8. Yeah. I think... I, I feel like with as, with as much as we've talked about this game and we've been, like, impacted by it, I'm kind of surprised you won't give it at least a 9. Like, well, it's very thought-provoking, but I think looking... Like, stripping it down into, like, a video game that you sit down and play, I think an 8 is fair. It is very thought-provoking, though, and it's thought-provoking on levels that extend beyond just yeah. game design. It really makes me think about, like, the decisions that went into, like, the ideas surrounding I will, it. Yeah, yeah, my problem is I actually really personally do not like giving uh, 1 out of 10 reviews for video games because it's it falls I was, yeah no, no 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 i understand yeah i it's it it sucks if you try to like like have your like rank games like that and then have it span across yes. time because yeah, it's yeah, never yeah. consistent like when, when i give when i give an out of 10 review for a game it's like just it's just like an arbitrary thing that i pick right now like it's an approximation right. and, and and the only reason why i'm asking now is because i just want to gauge of like where where we are putting this game at because like you said like Tro Tro or trog and me or like have the have it in an eight and wayne is like close that's to 10. that's and that's the problem is like this game i i i love video games and i love game design and i feel like a game love we gaming. love gaming i feel like a game that even if it weren't good a game that generates this much debate and the the fact that i thought for like days after beating this game about game design and like had so many critical thoughts on the matter was like that's worth something but it doesn't go into what makes it a good game so it's kind of like if i were a, a game reviewer giving this a game review for the average gamer i'd say like eight you know like eight seems fair but like if i were giving it like 
what for how it affected me and how I will be remembering inscription. That's like like nine, ten out of ten kind of deal. Like that's see that's that's for me that's how i rank games i don't care about i I don't care about doing it from the perspective of like a reviewer for other people for me it's a 9.5 like so for me i somewhere between an 8 and a 10 that's not helpful at all but yeah very strong contender for game of the year and very close to being definitive game of the year with no question i i i actually like i had so many thoughts about this that i wrote a fucking essay about it and like the first the first thing i said about it i'll just quote myself uh it was heartbreakingly close to being the best game i played this year like heartbreakingly yeah, close that's a good way to See, put it i i still think for me it's still a contender game of the year just because like like it had that moment where i was like oh maybe it's not game of the year <laughs> but like i also i don't know what my game of the year is i have to wait till the end to decide log how about you all right so i just beat it recently uh whenever the podcast started the credits <laughs> <were rolling laughs> yes i saw you launch i saw you launch the game like 15 minutes before we started recording. we gave log homework we were like we were like you have to beat this by the time we record the podcast so that you can yeah, talk i forgot about it. i forgot to beat it until <laughs> like last night well that to me t- says uh maybe the score won't be so high if you forgot to beat it yeah i'd say like 7.5 or 8 all right mm-hmm. So it's like it's de- you know it's definitely high up there, but we're like we're de- you know I think the line is is this game really 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 fucking good and thought provoking or is this game fall a little bit short? Is it seems like the two? I mean, I think it's really really good and thought provoking, but it but it yeah, also it falls a bit but short. It also in some falls places. short. Well, I'm not just talking about the ending. As someone who plays a lot of no, I'm talking about the, games, I'm talking about the game too. Yeah, the whole thing, the whole thing. Yeah, I, I someone so, and actually, I guess the another interesting aspect of it is that like. We are we like there's some of us who like don't play a lot of yeah. card games and then there's some You know, of us I just realized you two giving games. it the you two giving it the lower scores are the card game players. Yeah, and that's like true. I'm on the opposite spectrum where I don't like card yeah, games. Yeah, I don't like card games and I still was surprised at how much I enjoyed the card oh, game, game aspects. The the So like what they've done is pretty cool. And like it it's one of the major like even if you know what it is, like it's one of the major things cuz like companies have been making these like it what this game is to me is it's 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 basically like okay here is like a tabletop deck building card game it's automated it's a video it's in video game form but like they took a deck building game there's been a few out out there like slay the spire is a really popular one that people like i think ascension which is another deck building game has like a digital version that you where you can play against friends or against ai and but what they've done is they've taken that concept and they go they've got what they what they've done is they've said okay how do we make like a narrative out of it not like a oh here's the lore of the game right you're you're trying to do this you're trying to no it's like they like there is a story from beginning to end and the card game is a part of that so uh, i i love that i love that aspect of it i love that like it's a haunted video game story, right? Yes. So you start this game and the game is like this and it like it evolves. Like it it's it's a haunted video game, right? So the game changes on you. And I really like that aspect of it. My only problem is if I had to wager a guess, they had really good mechanics for the act 1. Like they spent a lot of time designing a game that, like a card game that was really good because the Axe One card version of the card game is like, oh yeah, Un- undeniably Act yes. One is the best gameplay, like without yeah. a doubt. To and it's to me, it seems pretty obvious that like they go okay for Act Two, we're gonna add 
this stuff, and then for Act 3, we're going to do this. And, like, that's where it gets, like, flimsier. Like, the like the core gameplay doesn't get more fun. Like, Act 1 is the most fun the card game part yes. gets. Like, this game would be a 10 out of 10 for me if, like, every act it changes, and it was, like, still as fun as the card game was in Act 1. But, like, it kind of fluctuates in, like, quality. Yeah. I feel like it gets, it gets, for me, it's, like, it, it gets more intriguing. And it makes you, like, it gets more intriguing, it gets, it gets more interesting, and that makes you keep wanting to play it. Right. I got to, so, like, the for, for the few people that are listening to this and, that have like, no idea are, what we're that aren't playing about. the game. Yeah. Act 1 of Inscription is a, like, a very strong, like, roguelike kind of card game almost. Like, it's run-based. Yeah. The, you beat it, and then you move on to a second act by essentially reclaiming the new game button. At the start of the game, you can only continue and play this game from where it is. When you hit new game, you reset the game to an older version of itself at the original copy of the game, which is like a like 16-bit looking like spritey like deck building card game where you where it's, it, it loses that run-based element. It reminds element. me of the Yu-Gi-Oh! and yes. Pokemon yeah, yeah, card for the games, game where like you're yeah. opening up you beat you beat people around the map and you and they they're like oh you beat me here's some booster packs and you can like yeah. craft the deck and when you get to that point in the game when i got to that point in the game i was playing inscription like really late at night and i was just like because i was just like i was becoming addicted to that act one game and i was uh-huh. fucking loving it and i was loving the atmosphere and i was loving whatever the fuck this story they were telling was with the talking animals on the cards right. and this like cryptic fucking like dm in your game uh and then i got to act two and I was watching the cutscene. I was like, oh, man, what the fuck is this? This is fucking dope. I didn't know it was going to go this way. I knew it was made by the guy who played Pony Island or made Pony Island. I had never played Pony Island. So, like, I knew that he did game within a game stuff, but I didn't I had no idea what this game actually had in the store. And I was so I was I was so intrigued by, like, the the like switch up. But then I started playing the game and I was like. Oh, I fucking hate this. Yeah, I like this game. Way. This game is significantly worse than the game I was just playing. It right. is it is the same game in some ways, but just with a bunch more mechanics and the deck building thing added. And like the main it's issue I had was the deck anymore. building. Yes. Yeah, it no loses the roguelike like element and asks you to build a deck on your own, which is for me the thing I hate about yeah, card it's games. It's what I'm bad at. Yeah, you have to it, it it's like a it's like a it's it's like Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic, and it's like, okay, you open up like they give you two starting decks to shuffle together, or like they give you two pools of cards. Like, you pick two factions, and then it's like, okay, he, like, you know, based on what you know from Act 1, here's different four factions, pick yeah. two of them, and, like, here's your pool you of one. cards to make. Yeah, you, you, pick, you, you pick, pick a starter deck. Oh, you pick a starter, and then, like, you start opening up booster packs, and it's like, here, make the best deck you can. Yeah, yeah, and and I hated it, and I was it was two a.m. and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, this is I kind of want to stop playing. I almost quit. I almost like did not keep going, but I was just like, I gotta see what happens, and I just pushed through it. And eventually, I did kind of start to like the second act a bit. Uh, the the saving grace is that the uh, it has an automatic deck builder thing where like you'll put a few cards in, and you can just hit a button, and it'll put in the yeah, cards that it thinks I'll work best with that. I still don't know how that works. Like, if it actually gives you well. something that's, like, informed and, like, has to yeah, do with not, the cards you put really. in or if it's just random. Uh, but I use that, uh, and it, there, were, there were some fights where I, w- I died a few times. I did not breeze through the second act. Um, See, you and me have the exact, like, have different skill levels when it comes to card games, and you and me have the exact opposite experience, where when I got to Act 2, I, I looked at the different factions. I was like, I want this one. 
I picked like the Necromancer mm-hmm. one, and I had probably the strongest deck like imaginable. I also got lucky opening up booster packs and I got like a fuck ton of Mantis Gods. Yeah, I started with the wizard deck, which yeah. is the worst starting <laughs> That's deck. The, the most obtuse one of them all. Yeah. It's the most obtuse one, absolutely. Uh but the thing is is like this game, the game, the, uh, the, it's so cool on paper, like, the narrative of this game. Because it's like, yes. you have, okay, there's the, the base alpha game, within the game, the meta narrative. Of, like, these four card lords who each have a different card game and are kind of at odds for having their own idea of what the game is. And so when you, when you open the game, one of them has already strong-armed the other three into, like, no, 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 you're playing and my game. You're playing, you're playing my Rogue yeah. yeah. And so that's what you expose it to. And then it kind of goes to this cool arc where it, like, it opens back up. But then once you complete that, you get strong-armed by a different one. And it's like, now you're going to play my game. That's such a cool idea. I so badly... Yeah. I so badly want, like, the Endless Mode or some DLC they release, like, if it ties more into expanding upon the Act mm-hmm. 1 gameplay. I want, like, I want more narrative. I want I want to know, like, why is Leshy in control? Like, how did that happen? Like... I would love to I would love to see I would love to see how inscription actually starts. Like if you if we play from like like Casey's perspective or whatever, which we'll get into that later. Yeah, there's a whole can of worms. But like and, and this is something I talked about like in my, my thing this is something I was like fixating on for days, which like this this whole idea works great on paper. Like this whole meta narrative that's super interesting because like you have like a base game and then you expand it and then you limit it again. And so like and in Act Three, like you kind of feel like oh no this is something i'm unfamiliar with but like when they like uh, they introduce mocks in act three you kind of go like oh right i remember seeing this in act two and how it built up from there i didn't feel like i didn't feel like that though i I never like getting to act three everything was familiar because everything in act three is like the one thing that felt a little bit unfamiliar was like the exploring aspect the like the fact that it became like a game where you had to navigate these like mapped out areas and like find things the like everything everything at that point i love the way that it builds upon itself where it's like you have the you have the the basic knowledge you have from act one as like okay we're back to that kind of format again but it's like okay now all these mechanics from act two are being implemented in like new ways so like everything is familiar in a way in a way in a way that i think worked out really good but it was the least fun because the because the main mechanic it focuses on turns out when it's the main mechanic is the worst it's not one. as it's not as good and that's why i think i think that's why it goes down to an eight for me is that inscription is not one amazing game it's three really good games and it's like it's it's three, a really come it, on you're gonna you're gonna short magnificus like that that game was great <laughs> yeah um but it because it's kind of interesting and it, it it's like i mean there's like so much to discuss about with this game because like the whole fact that it is a bait and switch, even if you know that it's a bait and switch going in, it's so interesting, like, from, not even, like, from a game design perspective, but just from, like, a, you go onto the Steam page, and you only see Act 1. And if you yeah. are one of the people that have no idea what this you game is, game and what cool. this developer is yeah. known for, you're, like, I could definitely see people being, like, upset right because it's I like had, you so literally I, I are getting specific. something that you that you didn't pay for like this is not the game i thought i was going to get at all i have something very specific to talk about at that point i remember finishing the game and being like and having my like both thinking like wow i love that and also having mixed feelings about that 
but then I I scrolled down on my uh, like the Steam page where it shows you all your friends and what they're doing, and I see I'm not going to name names. It's not even someone I know very well. They're they're like a, a fan that played in one of the Dead by Daylight games. Uh, but they reviewed the game and they gave it they gave it a thumbs down. And I was like, what really? Like this game? Like say what you will about this game, it's a good game still. They only had 5.7 hours, and they essentially they essentially said that. They said this game had perfect mood buildup, perfect intrigue, and incredibly fun gameplay and great sound design, and then completely shits its pants extreme style with a boring ARG style and a gameplay style mix-up that gets in the way of something genuinely fun and interesting. And seeing... And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about how, like, man, that that almost mirrors my experience, but just without pushing through the, the, the yeah. fact that I thought I hate it. With 5.7 hours... That means that, that that probably happened to a lot of people. Yeah. And you can see it through you can see it also not just in like the negative the few, the very few negative reviews there are but in the achievements. You can see the percentage <laughs> of players of, and where they stopped. Wow. It's like oh, 80% of players have started a new game but then only like 60% got to act 3. Exactly. Really? Like a ton of people dropped it's, it in it's act so 2. So actually the tell. actual wow. stats 70.7% of people have started a new game. Only fifty point fifty five percent have allowed Poe to gain control of inscription. Right. So it fifteen percent of players do not make yes. it past Act Two. Yeah, they just drop. those are bad Whoa, numbers. That's and this. And sorry, I kind of want to. I, I want to finish crazy. my point before we go any further. This is the thing that I was thinking yeah. about the fucking most because, like, like I said, everything works great on paper. It seems really cool. Like it, things about it are great, but like, like we were saying, like three just has like moments that are not fun at all like i remember having encounters there that i was just like getting legitimately like upset with just because i was playing badly you know that's user error but the thing that i was thinking about the most is like okay you're a game developer working on a video game and you have this crazy idea of how you're going to split it into three acts and then you do all this testing and stuff like that and you're basically ready to release it and you realize that the first third that you're tricking people into playing is better than the rest of the game like what do you do like what do you do with that because like do you just well i have the second and third act in this whole narrative arc that i care about that i'm known for as a game designer but everyone really likes the first part like do you just sack the entire latter half of the game just to make something that everyone wants to play like because and I think that's something that's going to have like a tremendously different. But answer. I mean, did he know that? I'm certain. He couldn't I'm have known certain. that. Yeah, like de- developing, no developing, that developing the game. Like to him, it might have been like, "Wow, the, my game's so fun. All of it's so fun." <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure they were aware. And to an extent, it's like I think so. Like a lot of people talk about how like each act is meant to like sort of like have a meaning to the narrative and the character who runs the game. Like Leshy. Leshy cares about, like, atmosphere. Like, that that's the big thing with Leshy. Like, Leshy will break the rules in order to make the game cooler. And it makes yes. the game really, really good. Uh, but then Poe po is obsessed with making, like, the perfect, mechanically perfect card game. And it suffers for that. The, and that and that's a big part of it, right? And it, and then it goes for Grimora, Grimora and Magnificus have their elements of it, too. Uh, so it's like, like, to him, like, he might have very well known that the first part is the best part. And, like... That he he did that very much intentionally, but I think I think he makes up for it. Like Act Three, absolutely less fun than Act One. Like you were saying, there are some parts that flat out weren't fun. Mm-hmm. Like the like the, I remember in particular, there's a fight where if you haven't upgraded your vessels with the leap the leaping ability so they can block flying enemies, it like it took me like. 15 tries because it was just a matter of like getting the perfect RNG because otherwise I was just getting hit by flying enemies that I couldn't do anything about. Uh. I want, I, I want to, think the, I want to hear what Lockmore has to say. I want to barge through and say that I feel like what I got from it was different from you in a lot of ways. I feel like 
you know, I feel like there was kind of like something that they were trying to kind of demonstrate with Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, and that, like, these games aren't fun without a vision. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, so, I mean, Poe is literally like the vision. The vision is forced. Like that's in his. No, character. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying that his has a vision, and it's all about the mechanics and making yeah. the mechanics work together as seamlessly as possible. And, and it's that forced. makes it that makes it better than Act Two. Act One is also better than Act Two. Act Two sucks. That's true. Act Ooh, Two wow. is not fun to play. That Act, is Act Two is not fun to play. Act there's two has four no different vision because it's there, everybody. There's, yeah, there's four and, different arch, There's four the different visuals, archetypes that kind of like clash together, and a lot of them. Don't make no sense. Like the wizards are completely in impossible to fit with the other cards. Like the, there, there's elements from the beasts for sacrificing. Like there's beast cards for sacrificing, but you ignore them because the the skeletons that have no cost are better for sacrificing than anything yes, else right. in the game. Yeah, and like it's just like like all this stuff is just haphazard and thrown together, and the elements all clash. And so it's kind of like, oh, well, this isn't fun. It's pretty long. I'm just slogging through this. But in the Act 1, it's like, yeah, it visually, it's super cool. Uh, Leshy is all about kind of the role play of it. And it works really well with this, like, set of cards that's specifically all the beasts. And, like, the elements that he brings in with, like, totems and stuff. It's all, it all, like, makes yeah, it really good. Yeah, the modifiers. Mm. So, and then you go to... Robot Land. Really, the only problem I had with Robot Land is that it's too easy. Yeah, I really? also breeze. I also, I think me and Log may have had an easier time Probably. playing this game than the rest of you guys. I think also some of your ease is dependent on like where you go first, which is just which is not anything to do with true. skill. That's just random. Yeah, like that's, yeah, that's Act fair. Two is Act Two is is open ended. As if you well, get an so. early, if you get an early empty vessel upgrade and you pick the right one, you're gonna do better. Like. I picked the wrong one. <laughs> it was literally when I think of when I think of difficulty in Act Three, I think of that one fight with the flying enemies in the Leshy area, and I think <laughs> of uh, the internet fight where I just got really bad luck with the friend cards and kept getting like really strong like six sixes with flying yeah. and like crazy shit. But yeah, it's like playing that is see what what Poe does is Poe is obsessed with the mechanics. And you see that because it's 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 just a mirror of that two map that you're exploring through. Yeah. And you, whenever you go to the certain parts of the map, it brings in those old mechanics, but they're all like given that robot um, kind of mm -hmm. finish on them. And they, like all of a sudden, like all the cards start working together perfectly because of that. Like including the like all of the all of the mock stuff, all the wizard stuff in Act Two is just like. I ignored that for everything except for the Magnificus you, fight you because Magnificus yeah. fight is garbage. Yeah, the Magnificus fight is garbage you. and it's completely random, and you have to play wizards or you lose. Um, but you get to it in the robot map, and it's like, all right, you can, you can like charge, you can like gym charge all of your cards to yes. make them affected by. Yeah, Mox in Act Three was really fun, honestly. By that these, was one of the more interesting by these things. things. And like, all right, well, now that's really cool. I can like, I can like supply the mocks and boost certain cards. I can make, I can like change how I play out the curve because I can play this card and make one, my other cards cost less, so I can play more cards and have the effects for entering the battlefield work this way. And like, yeah, you can tell it's like this is this is like 
it whereas kind of Leshies is more like uh like a deck building board game type of thing. Uh-huh. And uh and then Poe is trying to make like magic or hearthstone mm-hmm. or something. Right. So it's yeah. like all right, well this is a, this like like the kind of like strategic and competitive mindset in it. It's like, well, this is really cool, but I'm also trying to speed run through the game so I can talk <laughs> right. about it. And it's pretty easy. So it's like really I think is I think it's like I said, what I think it's saying is that like both of the the games on the two ends are both like pretty damn good. Like th- there's some shortcomings, sure, because it's meant to be like a story along yeah. with it. You can't just play that's the card good, games. That's a good way to look but it's it. like you stopped me when I was like when I was saying like yeah, there were parts of Act Three that were not a lot of fun. But like what I was about to say after that was like the best, some of the best parts of the entire game are the boss fights in Act Three. Yeah, the I yeah, think that's some of the most interesting really thing good. done in the entire in the entire game. For sure, and like yeah, yeah the, the stuff in Act One and Act Three is all good because it's all like a unified vision towards something yeah and that's kind of like that's in general that that's just kind of like the good stuff for games yeah. and entertainment i have a question mm-hmm. how many times have you guys all beaten the game just once i'm assuming just right once. just once once mm-hmm. and then i went something back change? to try to do what i did the first time where i try to beat act one as fast as possible so i actually i played the game twice i beat it once and then i waited a couple days and then i played it again and it's kind of funny. My opinion of the game honestly changed a lot, like, of the gameplay elements, not the not the story stuff. The story stuff, I mean, you know, whenever you replay a game, you, you only really, see a story once. You're usually not doing it for the story. So right? I'm curious to hear this because I haven't talked to you since then, like, right. what changed. So my first playthrough, I was absolutely the same as Wayne. I thought Act 1 was amazing. I got to Act 2 and I was fucking pissed off. I said fuck this, this is stupid, I don't like this art style, this isn't as interesting, (laughs) they changed the story, I don't like deck builders. I forced my way through that and got to Act 3 when I was like, okay, this is more like Act 1, I like this more now. Like, like, my, my, my rankings first playthrough was definitely like, Act 1 the best, Act 3 second best, Act 2 the worst. On my second playthrough, 2 and 3 actually switched. I think whenever I was just focusing on the gameplay and I knew what was coming and I knew more about the game, Act 2 is actually really fun once you actually start diving into the deck building mechanics. And I think it's stronger than Act 3, which is way more railroaded. And I feel like there's just less room for self-expression in your deck in Act 3. And, and not even, not not just that, but also in like the way you have to react. Something that I don't like about Act Three is that each fight that you do, like he will play the same cards at the start of each fight, like every single time. Like it's the exact same start. And the other thing I hate about Poe as like as him being the DM is the fact that it's just like he doesn't have he doesn't pay any regard for the energy system. He'll just play a fucking double gunner on turn one, and it's like okay, I'm sitting here my first turn. All I can do is play a vessel to like tank it. Sure, and, I like, mean Leshy does that too. Yeah, that's the same as Act One, and that's also the same as Act Two. They don't play by yeah, they, they don't play by the rules. But, but that's the thing. In, but the thing is, in Act One, and the reason why it's not as big of an issue is because you're not limited by the energy system in Act yes. One. In Act One, you could get a fucking amazing starting hand and be like, "Oh, I just sack this thing," and immediately I've got like a fourth, a four four on the table in my first turn. I mean, in Act One, you're limited by your hand size. It, it's just no, a you're limited thing. by the energy system more so than anything else. The hand size. I don't know. I I 
like yeah, Act One you're limited by hand size because you need to, yeah, but you like, could get you could get, you could in theory get like so many combinations of cards and do so many different things on the first turn depending on your first hand. Like, sure, you're limited by the hand size, but it's not like the energy system. And I set up my Act 3 stuff to, like, give me a lot of options to play turn yeah. one. And then, like, go into turn two with, like, even a, an even bigger boost. That's, you can, you can set it up in both, in both ones, you can set it up. As you get, yeah, but, like, you're talking about, like, the later you get into Act 3, you do get a little bit more freedom. Like, but early on, it fucking sucks. Like, I, I am I am scarred by that encounter with the flying enemies without <laughs> Leap Bound. Because, like, I was fight, I was doing that fight at that point in the game. Like, I, it did not give me the tools. Every turn one was exactly the same. And, like, a, as Act 3 progressed, and I, and I got the mocks, and I got, like, all the vessel upgrades and stuff, it did become more fun. Like, and I started to like it more, and it did have, the, it did have more freedom. But I think Act 1 is superior because you don't have to get over that hurdle. Well, I think that that's, I think that that's by design. It's just so weird because, like, you keep calling back to this flying fight. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, because you didn't have the same experience. You probably picked. You probably picked the leap bound thing or whatever. I didn't put leap on any of my cards. Or he was better at card games. Or you went to that. What? When did you? When did you go? When did you go to the top right area? Uh, second. Second. Okay. I went there first. I, I also. I also remember the fight that Wayne's talking about because I also had a bad time with it. But like I said, I think that was like my personal error. I will say, like, it, it, it is definitely harder yeah. at the start, for sure. I, I, died, I died at Grimora, because that was the first... Well, I guess it's not Grimora, it's, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Archivist or whatever. And Mike, you were saying, you were saying some parts that actually were no fun for you at all, too, right? Like what, it was a couple of encounters where, like... But that's the thing, is I wasn't... If I were to go back and play it now, I'd have a lot more fun with it. At the time, I was kind of not, be, not bewildered, but I was kind of, like, overloaded by delving into the robot stuff which that playthrough i hadn't interfaced much with in act two so i was like oh fuck i don't know how to use this at all and then i was also kind of pressured like i just want to finish the game so i can like see the ending right so like i wasn't yeah i wasn't focusing too much on like oh my god there's a whole new game for me to enjoy so now i would be much more courteous of it but at the time i was having a bad time that's honestly why i think i mean maybe not log since it seems like log is the the least interested out of us but I honestly say go and replay the game and I'd be interested to hear, not on the podcast, but I'd be interested to hear what you think about it once you like divorce the story from the gameplay. Because I feel like my problem with it on the second playthrough is that it's honestly, it's a little too easy and it's a little too short where at the point where you really start getting into the groove in each act and like feeling like you're, you're like, competent at the game it's already yeah. over yeah like yeah it's definitely the case for everything but act one yeah i mean that's the thing like the game is super easy if you're already good at it yeah like, if you, exactly. I, I think on the second playthrough it's going to be easy no matter what like the but i, I don't think that affects the game because that no, first I'm playthrough not, is what yeah, matters most that, i'm just i'm just bringing it into discussion as my experience no i don't think it takes away from the game because obviously i played it one time through and i liked it enough to play it again but in terms of like the post stuff like wayne was talking about i think the i mean i think it's pretty obvious that the post stuff is i don't know exactly what it's like if it's trying to make a statement but you can definitely tell that it's like it's dark souls like they're they're making some kind of statement about souls like games like it has souls like mechanics it has bonfires the game starts off really hard but then as you 
upgrade your cards and learn more about the game. It gets easier, like a Dark Souls game. Like, there are permanent... Like, it's not run-based like Act 1. It's permanent. Like, if you change a card in Act 3, it's changed forever. Like, if you get rid of a card in your deck, you never get it back. Like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, but I, I think that Act 3 is definitely trying to say something about the Souls-like genre in its own weird way, if that makes sense. I do really like, and I want to I wanna try, also try to segue to another part of the game, because we're starting to run short on time. Um, I, I want to talk do, about the narrative. Er, earlier, earlier, what Log mentioned, and, and what you also touched upon, where, like, that's that's one element of the game that is cool, in that, like, the gameplay ties into the plot, yes, right? Like, yes. this, this, the narrative is about the card game, which is why I'm sort of, like, I'm, like, which is why, like, I'm okay with it. Like, as a card game player, this deck-building game is not the strongest deck-building game I've played. But that's oh, yeah, kind of I mean... not the point, right? The point is that it is tied and woven into this narrative. So, like, what uh, Log talked about earlier, where, like, where he said, like, oh, it's about, like, having a strong vision, right? Because Act 1 and 3 are better than Ooh. Act 2, where it feels like kind of a jumbled mess. And then what uh, Trog just mentioned... So, like, that's, like, the reason why I give, I said, like, oh, this game for me is an 8 out of 10. Like, that's one notch. Because, because for me, like, I think you can make those statements with your gameplay. I think you can have your cake and eat it, too. I think Act 2 could still be a jumbled mess, but still, like, mesh a little bit more cleanly. Because it is kind of, like, weird. And, like... I came at it from the opposite direction where I, like, as someone who plays card games, I, like, just immediately identified, like, this is the best possible deck I can make. And I just, like, steamrolled Act 2. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, like, I, I, was, at the, I was at it from the other end. Like, I did not hate Act 2 because I fucking steamrolled Act 2. But, like, that also isn't, like good right like you know it's See, like... but for me my my hatred of act two came before i even played like before i even started losing i was just it was just yeah it was just the the, the shell shock the betrayal of yeah. a completely new game yeah it does catch you off guard i actually like my decision to play it happened like before i started losing some i was just like i'm just gonna do it like the the hatred the hatred was me getting my deck and then seeing like oh select 20 cards oh like <laughs> I it, it, it the 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 dislike came, comes from a much different place. I think like you can definitely have your cake and eat it too. Where yeah, you you can have like this card game because it's legitimately awesome, and you can have this card game narrative. But like, I feel like if they just like spent more time refining the card game and the way it evolves and like each act, like like what would have made this game a ten out of ten is if every act was as fun as Act One. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that yeah, would yeah. be like this game was perfect. You know. And, and the, and, and I want to, want to, and I want to segue the other notch that it goes down if, for yeah, me is the narrative, yeah. is the narrative. Not, it's not the narrative, but it's the meta, meta narrative. Yeah. Long was, Long was talking about how this game is talking about how, like, a game is better with a cohesive vision and dedicating everything that you can to that. But personally, I think it's talking about is the only way to make a good game is with a very strong vision. And if you inject your game with evil Hitler data. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've all been dancing around the elephant in the room here, which yeah, is the narrative of this game. 
is about a guy named Luke who plays the well, card game. Well, it's not game. the narrative. It's the meta-meta narrative. It's like, it's like double, it's buried double deep. But the meta-meta narrative, it's like, it's all, it's, it's all part of the main narrative. Even if it's meta-meta narrative, that's just, that's just the way they tell the story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all related. It's someone all related. Should, someone should, can, wait, do you want to recap it like real quick? So just, yes. just as like a refresher for anyone else who played this game and like took a break. So from the it game, the game, the game inscription when you started is about it's just it's just some crazy like it's a horror game. It's like it's a scary card game, and that's all you know about it. When you beat Act One, you are revealed that you are not playing that card game, but rather you are watching videos on a camcorder that a person named Luke Carter, the Lucky Carter, who is a yeah. YouTube gamer who makes YouTube videos about playing cards, who has discovered this game inscription that he found buried in the ground. Uh, and as yep. you progress through the game, Act 2 is him discovering the, the beginning of the game after getting the new game button. Act 3 is about him being, uh, like, led along by a chain through this game by Poe, who wants him to make a game that he's then going to upload to the internet, because Inscription has dark, evil code in it that is... Like that, the the game Funa. It's it's so I can't give it a recap. It's all it's all this stupid bullshit. Here's the thing. No, no. Here's the, 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 the this. It's even stupider than that because you're not you the player are not watching videos of Luke Carter do this. You the player are Luke Carter recording themselves playing this video yes. game. You right. Luke Carter kind of. have. See, are you yes, sure about that? It's not. It's not clear because it, be, I think. Well, because while no, you're playing, okay, it's not in, clear. In Act three. Poe turns on. Because of the ARG. No, no, and act. Poe turns on the webcam, but that's because what you're playing is still the recording. But that's, it's. That's the thing. That's the thing. This is why, this is why this game is like, like we, we spent so long talking about the card mechanics. This is why this game is fucking crazy and stupid at times is because it's this weird double meta narrative where you're not playing the game. You're playing as somebody playing the game, but maybe you're playing a version of the game uploaded to the internet as a meta 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 narrative because Poe's evil plan works yeah, and yeah, you yeah, bought yeah, yeah. the game on Steam. Anyway, it's like, it's anyway, crazy. It's anyway, insane. Bullshit. Wayne, here's the thing. Poe turns on Luke's webcam, right? Luke's the one playing Inscription. Whose Steam friends yeah. show up in that one battle? Yours. Yours do. You're the one playing Inscription. That's a plot no, that's hole. that's not a plot hole. That's like, a, that's, that, that part of the plot. game, that part of the game is like, I think that's what makes me think you're playing the Steam version. And like, you are not Luke. Like, those are not Luke's Steam friends. Like, you, that is an element of the game that's there because of Poe's quote unquote evil plan. I don't know if it's evil. He just wanted to, he wanted to make money. It's evil. He just wanted to sell a game. The, did we play the same game? Like, it didn't get uploaded. Like, no, you didn't see the ARG ending. You need to go watch oh, the actual man. ending. And now we have to talk about the ARG because the actual uh. ending of the game is Poe's evil plan worked. That's the yeah, like that's why part. it's not so simple. Yeah, so the ARG ending, the ARG ending is that it shows Luke's computer after he gets shot in the face by an M16. <laughs> Spoiler, uh, he gets fucking he gets his head blown off. It, it shows it shows his computer booting back up to a to like a command line and it runs a bunch of code, a ton of code and it says it's uploading inscription and at the very end it shows ASCII art of the stone. Yes. No, 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 I'm aware. So Poe and I actually I actually think that's that that ending is not total bullshit. I think I something mean, it's obviously some, I, canon. It's part of the ARG. That's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. I mean total bullshit and it being stupid. I oh, like okay. the more I thought about it, the you uh, 
I'm not 100% sure. I don't remember this. You don't see Poe get deleted in the final sequence, right? Like, you you sink yeah, down into true. that like into that liquid, and he goes down too, and then it takes you to Grimora's sequence, and you see Grimora, Leshy, and, Magnif- and Magnificus get deleted. Poe's the That's last true. thing left, and the last thing Inscription does is finish the upload. Like, and I think that 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 ARG ending is actually kind of cool. Yeah. And that's why I don't think you're playing as no, Luke. You are playing the, the game yes, that was uploaded. I agree. My question was rhetorical because this isn't a matter of what what actually happened in the game you're description. Right. Yeah, you're you're right. There's there is like you're making this really fucking cool meta card game where the game shifts as a different person takes control and forces you to play their card game. And that is awesome. And the fact that that's happening to you, even if it is a haunted game, who gives a shit? The fact that it's happening to you is awesome. The fact that they inject this over, over level of no, 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 you're yeah. a, you're a Luke YouTuber named Luke Carter who's getting to the bottom of a dark mystery with this spooky haunted game is awful. Yes. It's like it's completely divorced. No, but you're not Luke. It's if <sighs> I could give my input, the seven point five. I gave the game the points it lost were not for the acts even if I thought act 2 hmm. wasn't very fun it was it's entirely for like Damn. this ex, this, ex, yeah. this external extra stuff yeah. that I don't understand why it's there like it's fucking stupid it shouldn't be in the game if no, the outside part didn't exist and it was entirely about in... if it was entirely about these uh like these scribes and at the end, it's like they delete themselves because they are tired of having to fight over to it. Fight, yeah. It's like, yeah, I'd be like, all right, well, that's great. That's good. I like, I like these scribes. Instead, I don't understand why this outside stuff is included. It doesn't every time, every time the cam work screen would show up, I'm just like, Ugh, I, I well, know, I guess I got to watch these. See, I don't, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting from the bat and I was with it the whole way through. I was like, there, there are some elements of it that I thought were cheesy and a little dumb. Like, I mean, it's the typical creepypasta haunted game type it's thing where so it's like, I dug up a game in the woods that I found. Those coordinates, so, oh, those are nearby. <laughs> I know, it's <laughs> so badly written. It sucks so bad. Okay, okay, okay. Here's, how, here's the way I see it. And, and I have the same opinion, but I'm willing to defend the game a little bit, which is like, even Act 1, which is where they lay on the horror element the hardest, in like, because you boot up the game, and like, it's, it seems like a scary horror card game yeah. at first, and then they do all the meta You're getting stuff, murdered right? every time you lose, there's piles of fucking, like, yeah. corpses in the side yeah, cabin. Yeah, like, like, where, like, they lay on the, like, after that, like, after Act 1, the game is pretty tongue-in-cheek yes but it still falls flat you know Mm. what i mean like like i get that okay after act one you learn like okay this like i okay let me let me say this i get that it is a tongue-in-cheek kind of horror thing like it's a little scary but it's not like super scary it's and they are like for the after act one for the rest of the game they are trying to be like tongue-in-cheek but I don't know. It's still like, and I and I appreciate them trying to like fly towards the sun, but they definitely flew way too close. Because from what I can tell, from if I had to wager a guess, they had Act One. They they built the game, right? They had super right, right. The core game of it is super strong, and the FM the story and the FMV stuff definitely came later as a way to tie it together. And they were definitely way more tongue in cheek with it, because like at the end, so. Again, we but said spoilers. Hey, that's... listen, listen, listen. We said spoilers. Like, well, yeah. What what made me what made me realize 
at, the biggest tongue in cheek thing is at the end, Luke Carter gets <laughs> shot in the head, but the person that shoots them it's... doesn't just have a gun. They have an M16 and they're holding it with one hand and he's holding it up to their face. <laughs> and they're just, I, just I, see, okay, I think that, and that's where, that's where another, like, I think that is not a fault of it being tongue in cheek. I think that is just like, I think the direction for the FMV stuff was just weird and it's like bad writing. That's a fault of production. It's bad writing, bad direction. It's, it's a, it was a very weird production. I was saying like I was on board with the FMV stuff and the meta meta narrative though, like for most of the game. But at the at the very end, I want to talk about the rectangle. At the very end of the game, right, the you the game is falling apart. You 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 do your final battle with Magnificus, which is a fucking awesome sequence. By the way, we didn't talk about that at all. But the like that's one of my favorite moments of the game, even if the gameplay is nothing. And it's just right, because like, it's that's it's, the point. it's cinema. That's the point. The um yeah, uh, after the whole entire game is deleted, you're left with a with a white screen where as soon as you press a button, your little character from Act Two comes back, and you walk around and you meet with the traitor again, who is a secret character in Act Two, who starts telling you in Act Two they tell you about this old data, and it sounds like just some just some haunted game stuff that's like okay maybe this is something interesting later. They definitely came up with the idea of the old data early on and yeah. were like, oh, we're going to make something so cool. Uh, and then you and then you walk past the trader. The trader tells you uh, to to know the old data is to die. But you're not going to you're not going to listen to me anyways. And you go up and there's a box. And the, the logical thing the game would do there is let you not press it and just let the game die and change the ending. But there's only one ending. Right. You have to you open have the to old data. And when it. you open it. This is my thought process when I got to that point of the game. <laughs> I was sitting there like, what is this going to be? I'm actually very like excited. Six, is there six, going six to be... Yeah. Is, is there? Is there? I was like, what is this going to be? Is this going to be like, am I about to see some freaky shit? Is there going to be one last scare at the end of this game? And you click on it and it shows you and it starts to show you some government documents. Then it shows you a picture of a dirty road. Then it shows you a picture of someone's <laughs> uncle. Then it shows you the, a picture of a black bar with red aerial font text that says redacted. And I then know. it keeps doing that. And Redacted keeps coming back, and the entire time, Luke Carter is going, no, 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 like he's seeing his own, like, I thought he was going to show, like, his own fucking dead body, his own mangled dead body, I don't, like. I thought it was going to be, like, devil data or something, and it's like, it opens it up, and, like, all I could focus on was, like, a picture of a driver's license. Yeah, yeah, like, there's just some old man. This is this is exactly the problem. the 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 problem is, and like, I this is pure speculation. I don't know what went into this game development. It's very good. I like it a lot. Whatever. It feels like someone came up with a cool game, and then there was like this idea of like, oh, we could put a meta narrative on top of it. We could have like FMV stuff like that. Oh, what if we put an ARG into that? Because the actual reward is the ARG shit that you don't fucking care about. And it's like, that's not... Yeah, the, the ARG shouldn't have happened. The actual ending should have been in the game. That's, like, yeah, that's exactly it. You, Wait, like, I, I'm kind of with Wayne, where, like, while it was happening, the FMV stuff was like, I'm like, okay, this is really dumb and weird, but, like, I'm actually very interested in where this is yeah, going. It's, and it's, like, tongue-in-cheek. It's tongue-in-cheek. Uh, like, I was, I was totally opposite. As soon as that shit, as soon as the FMV shit started, I was like, I feel like I'm watching a Netflix show all of a sudden. What happened to my video game? The, Nef- the Netflix show kicks in at the end for me when you click on the old data, where it's like this is the most this is this happens just this this, so ha- this will happen in of an idea. the old data. They they stole okay. that from Unfriended yes, Three. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> no, but this is the thing, and like, and that's that, and that's on my fault, and I think that's Wayne's fault as well because you you are smarter than we are, and you realize right off the bat, like, 
oh, this is going to be bad and this is going to end bad. Whereas for me, I was like, no, no, well, what are they going to do here? Like, what if it, what if it has a really cool, interesting ending? What if, what if it's, it's good? good, actually? And then when it wasn't good, I was like, well, I don't know what the fuck I was expecting. Like, I knew the, I knew the path it was going to take after like the first set of videos. I'm just like, all right, well, let's get over with. I, yeah, I was about to say, I can't believe that it was like, that's that's the part that gets me is that like as soon as you, you hold on hold on hold on as soon as there's a fucking video of him opening up a random card pack looking at one of the cards <laughs> and being like that's weird there are coordinates on here huh I think this is nearby because I have always I have always memorized the longitude and latitude of my own <laughs> yeah, house yeah. and I can tell when coordinates written on a card are on the fucking woods behind my house. <laughs> That's stupid. That's so stupid. He was Lucky Cart. He was he was Luke Carter, the Lucky Carter, and he's also a cartographer. That's what the papers behind his computer were covering up. He studies maps on the regular. It's so, he, it so, made me so I agree mad. With you. I was like, I agree with you. Is the FMV dumb. stuff? The FMV stuff. I had fun with it, and I would. And the entire thing was extremely predictable. Almost everything that happens to the FMV, you can you can see it coming a mile away. I was sitting there. I was hoping that like the old data would be some spin on it, but it was exactly what you think it is. And the and the old data itself was the dumbest fucking thing possible. The big lesson here is less is more. Mm -hmm. Here's what I gotta say about it: less is more, because like if you. Like, because this game occupies this weird, this weird area where it felt like if it didn't have the FMV stuff, if it didn't have any of the FMV stuff, and it just, like, oh, access to old data, and it just gave you a jump scare, like, this game would have a higher, like... I would hold this game higher. Yeah, to a higher I would have given it a nine. If it did I think that. I think the the option the option to not open the old data and and the option that if you click on it, it is actually something that would like disturb you momentarily. Way more effective yes, than like right, it is right. information for an ARG. It should have turned your webcam on. Like it should have done that. So no, that's what we were talking about. We we talked about that a few weeks ago when Luke. Like, when Luke's face pops up on the screen, we all agreed when we talked about that, that, like, that would have been so crazy if it actually turned your webcam on. But it's, like, your face and I think, I think Mike oh had said God. that that's that they thought, like, that you thought, like, that's, that's probably, probably what they wanted yeah. to do, but couldn't. They probably couldn't figure it there, out. Yeah. Pro you probably can't, yeah, like, it's, the game would have to ask you at the start, like, can, do you want to give inscription access to your webcam? And it's, yeah, like. That's, that's that's the problem, is it, it needs to be a surprise. I don't think you can legally have a game just turn your webcam on, like. It, it needs to be a surprise. And if you're selling this as a video game, it needs to ask for your permission. So what you'd have to do is you'd have to trick them into believing, oh, it's just using my webcam for this. And then, ha like three hours down the line, it shocks you with that. But they didn't yeah. do that. They just went with, oh, it shows Luke's face. Inscription, inscription inspires me. I want to make a game. I've, I talked to you guys about this too. I want to make a game that's literally malware. I want, I want to make a game like this. <laughs> well, but, at the but at the beginning, no, I want to make a game that at the beginning, it's like, Hey, just like you, you can agree at the beginning of the game, this game is going to do some shit. Are you on board or are you not? And if you're on board, you get the intended experience. And if you're not, you get a, you get a watered down version of the game. Like, and if you're, and if you're on board, this game will access your files. This game will turn on your webcam. This game will open your CD tray so you can put a Coke <laughs> in it. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think, I, I think doing that in a game, like, the, like the webcam turning on moment and also the the archivist fight yes. were some of my favorite yes. moments of the game. The archivist fight does something where it's like it asks you to pick a file that's near and dear to you. And depending on how old it is, is like how strong the card will be for you or whatever. 
uh, or I don't remember what it actually how it actually affected you gameplay, but it wanted you to pick an old file, and I couldn't find any, so I picked fucking system files, and then the game tells you, hey, if you let this card die, we fucking delete this file. The, and it's like, oh my god, I picked system thirty two, I'm <laughs> fucked. And like yeah. that moment, that moment is so that cool. To me too. The, and I would love a game that like that goes way more on that like I, we're in your computer and we're hostile and we're gonna fuck shit up and we're actually gonna do it. Like so, going back to what I said because you, you just went off on a tangent. The, like, less, like, this game occupies a weird era where, like, less would be more. Like, cut out all the FMV stuff, maybe just have, like, like, have some bits where maybe you're, like, reading through some, like, files or something. Because, you know, it's a, it's a meta-narrative game, right? Just have, like, ooh, you're accessing some files on Luke, on, on, on the computer and you're reading through them, right? Or something like that. Or, like, some, like, developer, like, comments in the code or, or, you know, I don't know, something, right? And then it just gave you, like, two endings, like, good ending, bad ending, you, you access the old data, jump scare. That would have been a stronger experience than if there was, like, FM, the FMV mm. stuff. And if you yeah. want to do the meta-meta narrative with the FMV stuff... Make it good. Like, and I get that, and I, I get that, I get <laughs> yeah. that it's, like, a budget, I get that it's, like, a budget, I get that it's, like, a budget. It needed a different director. It needed someone yeah, else to, like, to I, have I that get, part of I it. Get, I get the want to, like, maybe not make this game as scary as it you know may not make this game as scary make it more tongue-in-cheek but then you need to like yeah hire a director like to film these fmv segments well, better they, yeah they did but whoever they got was uh not especially creative they, with uh they wanted they wanted to do it and they they just seemed really set on doing it no matter what the quality of yeah. it was going to and be like, really so this like, game unfortunately occupies like a weird in between where it's like we're like I get that it's supposed to be tongue in cheek, but it's like it's still like even even as someone who knows like okay clearly you're trying to be tongue in cheek like like I get it like at the end it's it all like the characters freaking out but the screen just shows a, is showing a picture of an uncle and says redacted <laughs> like it, it like I get that it's tongue in cheek and it still falls flat and the weirdest thing to me is that I thought and we're we're running out of time because I have to go soon uh the 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 weird thing is is that i thought this was like a solved thing do you know what i mean like i thought this was a solved thing like kojima figured it out if you want like something suspenseful at the end like a good middle ground that is not much more effort why isn't why doesn't the game instead of like instead of a a random looking pedestrian woman coming to the main character's house and shooting them in the head one handed with yeah, an M sixteen makes Floyd. no sense. Remember that in the story, the main character contacts a journalist, right? Yeah, right. Why isn't the ending of this game Kojima style? Why isn't it a black screen with subtitles? And it's the reporter putting in a police report saying, like, hey, yeah, I got in contact with this person and, like, yeah. I can't find them anymore. Like, That's I, already know. better. That would have been already way better. better. Yeah, that would have been way better. There's that. Another, another idea that just popped into my head that I think, like, you could probably do is, like, when you click on the old data... Don't show anything. Just turn off the game. Undertale style. That was that was my idea. Yeah. Undertale style, yeah. Undertale has one of the mo most effective like like game meta controlling like like fucky shit. I don't know what to call it that I that I've seen in a game. I fucking love like the the, the flowy the, the fucky moment in Undertale is great. The flowy fights one of my favorite things in video games. Um 
be so make the game turn off and then if you want to do your 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 ending like that when you turn on the game just show luke's corpse like just he's just fucking dead <laughs> like that would like yeah if it, if it had better. good if you had good makeup effects on that and you actually made it look like he was fucking dead like change the lighting yeah like sh- like do it at night it's maybe it's hard to see yeah like that would that would actually like scare me that's that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that taps into like the things I was afraid of in like games or afraid of happening that never did happen. Like the the shit that yeah. scared me in actual creepy puzzles when I was a kid. If I turned the game back on and it was just a corpse and I couldn't do anything yes. until I turned it off, that would freak me out. You know, one of the oh, yeah. scariest things in video night? games to me when oh, I was yeah. a kid was was when you couldn't turn off the game when you beat Kingdom Hearts. Like games that just <laughs> didn't do anything until you turned them off. That yeah. element is freaky. I don't know why. The Inscription guy, hit me up. I'll be your ideas guy. I'm going to I'm going to try to put a bow in my opinions on the FMV stuff, which is if if you could remove that from the game and only require minimal rewrites to make it make sense, why is it in the game? Yes. <laughs> Other than they wanted to that's, do that's it. That's literally it. Like yes. that's where it comes to me is like they had they 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 tried to be too different. It yeah. just had to be different. It, it like if it wasn't there or if it was done better, it would be better. It is a, it is like, a game where each level that you learn more about the meta narrative, it becomes worse. The main game, great. FMV stuff, stupid and poorly directed, but whatever. The ARG part of it, absolutely like the stupidest thing i've ever read in my life the arg stuff it's like oh yeah we're uh what's the old data it's hitler but in in a computer form Hold like, on, before we wrap up the final thing we should talk about do you want me to go read that just like read that out loud because like yeah, you when should, you read it with all the so details stupid. it's so stupid what, yeah. okay while you go do that i want to see if i can remember what it was i think it was it had to do with <laughs> So there's a there was an it image was like no, it was Hitler it was yes, World no there's War II. an image of Hitler and it's like a photo of a photo of Hitler but specifically focused on like his left breast pocket and apparently in 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 the fiction of this ARG in Hitler's left breast pocket apparently he had like nuclear launch codes or something like that it, in 1945 you're close <laughs> it makes even less sense than that so like yes you're right what it was is like I'm not gonna read it out all, all because it's too long but like. What it is is it's like the the, the ARG details the 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 like uh, the adventures of some guy named Barry Wilkinson who was a Cold War era spy who found on when they killed Hitler on his body they found a deck of cards for a game called Carnoffel which is from the 15th century and the order of the cards dictates the quote unquote Carnoffel code which is not nuclear launch codes the Carnoffel code is like Hitler's malice and like <laughs> it's it's his evil yeah it's like his essence oh it's his God. it's yeah. his soul and and it, it, his malice is imbued into the game and even that idea that's made better if it's just not hitler yeah you, you make it hitler and it just becomes, it becomes stupid. stupid it's like the the worst thing you can do to your horror thing is tie it to a real life dictator like yeah. that is just not scary because it's like it didn't happen it's not real like i know it's not real 
you can picture like the thought process of that writing of writing exactly that and and almost exactly this because this is how it goes in the game the first thing it points you towards when you're seeing the the cards from the hollow pelts in in act three is that it's satan it's a game made by satan which lines up with like pony island in the hex which is like okay whatever that that's dumb but that's and it's like all right what's the most evil thing that this game could be spawned by satan wait what's more evil than satan Hitler. Hitler. It's like a 13-year-old read it. Like <laughs> yeah, a 13-year-old wrote that. I totally agree. It's but that's the thing. That that is that is separate from the game. That is the ARG. You can go play this game and have no idea that that is the backstory. And let me tell you, I'm sorry if you were listening to this because we've ruined inscription for you now. <laughs> I'm learning so much new stuff. <laughs> is the game is the game below a seven? Yeah, does it, for did you? it did it go up or down after you learned about the Hitler backstory? Nah, I, I, I can leave it at a seven point five. I, I gave it I gave it a hefty chunk off for yeah. I, I I gave it I gave it a chunk off for the road in case I discovered anything <laughs> later. <laughs> oh man, well. I think we have to wrap it up. Just yeah, we got to wrap it up via time. Hold on, hold on. I want to ask. I want to ask. Final thing. What was your favorite moment in the whole game? Just, just very briefly. You don't have to elaborate why you loved it. I want to know what your favorite moment was. My favorite moment is like a meta, 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 meta thing. And I think if they're gonna make a sequel, they should totally incorporate this. Uh, my favorite part was that Act Two, how I opened six Mantis Gods, and I was able to make the most fucking. <laughs> fucking fucking strongest fucking deck. I watched you do and that. You, I you were like you were like act 2 is so easy and I was like, "Bro, you rolled six fucking <laughs> mantis gods." Like it was you you act 2 sucked your dick. If you're going to make a card game that where the card game is the narrative, that's how you make me feel like the main <laughs> character. That was some Yu-Gi-Oh shit like fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah that's God. fair. Um this is like I don't, I don't. I don't know. This is not like my favorite thing. Like, oh, this is my favorite. Uh, the part of the game that I had the most fun with. But this is the thing that like I thought about like the most after it. And this is why I think like it might not have been entirely. I do think that they were aware that Act One was best because there's a segment at the end where you're doing the the fights with everyone as they're deleted. Yeah. And the one with Leshy mm-hmm. is just so like. It's so like sentiment. Sentimental is the wrong word. It's weirdly, I mean, I would agree. It's, it is weirdly sentimental, yeah, and touching. It's saying goodbye to a friend. Which is weird, because he kills you so many times. Yeah. <laughs> very much of, is a threat. No, and that's presence. exactly the thing, is, like, you, you're, you're afraid of him, because he plays, like, this horror card game with you, and he's all about ambience and building up this sort of thing. And then, like, Poe is also just kind of a shit heel, so, like, you're, you, he's just Ultimately, being mean to you. But when you have that refight with him, just wanted to play when you a have game the refight at the end, like, he just wanted to play with you. Like, he, he's like, oh, let's play yeah. one more game. And, like, when he, he scripted that when you play a card, he's like, oh, that one... I remember that card. That was a good card. When you, you did put a good the job scary stuff, like it's like a, it's like you, a da- yeah. It's like a. This is the only way I can compare it. It's like a like a, a horrible oppressive father who suddenly, in the light of his own mortality, realized he didn't need to be the villain anymore, <laughs> and is like being nice to you. Yeah. Like the one the one final thing he can do is be nice to you. And there's like I think also when you put it into the context of everything else the game reveals to you as you play through it, like all the horrible shit he does and has in the first act, all the horror shit, that's, that's just his flame. Yeah. It's just like he, he wanted, he literally just wanted to make the best possible game and play it with you. And when he can't anymore, it's so sad. It's so like, like when the, the, the best mo- moment from that bit is when the scale goes away and he's just like, yeah, we, it's like we don't need to keep score. We can just keep going. Let's a few more rounds. Like that's so like, man, come on. The leshy part is really good. It's like sentimental, but it's also like desperate. It's like, I know I'm dying. This is the last thing I'm ever going to do. Like I, 
like please yeah. just a few more rounds like there there's there's a desperation to it and i was saying this in my my essay i'm like no video game has ever made me feel like that i was like legitimately mad at inscription that it wasn't really that the, it, the the seeing luke carter open up those booster packs <laughs> shut, up, shut up shut your fuck up like <laughs> the same response from you i was so moved he pulled a seat he drew a skeleton <laughs> i was so deep oh he just <laughs> No, like, this moment of, like, I was legitimately mad at Inscription for the fact that it wasn't more of Act 1. Like, it was just, like, you had yeah. you had this gold mine of a game that you could have just expounded upon, yeah. less and le- is less more. is more. Less but is it does more. make that and, moment And it's, like, in that one impactful. moment, it was, like, Inscription it was literally, like, teasing me with the fact that it had taken that away from me by, show, like, giving me one last game with the guy who made it for me before he and the game are deleted forever. And I was like, I don't know if that's like just betrayal or like respect, but like I, that was a weird moment for me. I was like, I don't think a video game has ever touched me. It's great. And that's, that's worth something. I don't know. It's not my favorite, but I think the best moment of that game like it's probably that moment, and then followed up with the Magnificus fight at the end. Fucking I fucking love the Magnificus fight. Awesome. The Magnificus fight was a little too goofy for me to like. It's goofy. It's goofy. It's goofy. But I also think it's cool. I think the fucking. I think the setting of like the the dying game is like such a cool like. It, it is. It, it's so cool, and like like and every every part of that fight, it's one hundred percent theatric zero gameplay, which is like yeah. like Leshy left Leshy gave you a game, but cared about theatrics. Poe gave you a game, and that's all he wanted to do was make the mechanically best game magnificus. And like what it probably would have been, even if the game wasn't falling apart, was like one hundred percent cinematics and theatrics. Just make the coolest experience. He wanted to make like a like an anime, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> all, all, the cards are literally animated like Yu Gi Oh anime monsters. My like my favorite moment from that fight is when he stops fighting and turns around and like paints the painting like where he like he like he like he does the black strokes on the painting and like uh-huh. asks you if you feel remorse and the music slows down yeah. like that's so cool. But my actual favorite moment from the game is Golly. Golly <laughs> it was my favorite yeah. moment in the entire game. The internet connecting fight was uh made me laugh really hard, which is not something I expected inscription to do. Uh, in like the moment the Steam Friends popped up, I had never played Pony Island. Apparently, that's something that happens in Pony Island too. So it was less of a surprise for like Trog. Um, but for me, I was like, "Oh, that's so fucking awesome!" The first person I have to fight is like Erard. Erard <laughs> yeah. pops up with like, "Oh my god, it's a six six fecal freak!" <laughs> like that was fucking great. Yeah. But the real thing, the real thing that kills me in that fight is the the first if if it. there's like a mechanic where it like uploads and downloads cards and apparently that's real because when i watched balp do it he got a card from the internet it didn't work for me i'm not sure how it works i'm very curious uh but when when it was supposed to give me a card from the internet both times it gave me a card called (laughs) mummy lord and it just has a jpeg of a mummy that golly gets on google (laughs) images and she says oh so that's what a mummy looks like but no that's not my favorite part i lost that fight because the friend cards were too strong if you play that fight a second time and you get the mummy again like she's like she's like okay i'm gonna download a card let's get you one this time and it waits for a while she pops the mummy into your hand and just goes oh fuck that was my favorite part of the entire game no literally no 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 you're misquoting it the first time they give you a mummy they're just like oh shit that's what a mummy looks like like it's like no that's the yeah, first yeah, yeah. time the second time they give you the card the line is <laughs> oh, literally fuck. just oh fuck oh fuck <laughs> that's a really good yeah, I got a real card from the internet, and then I had to make a card for somebody else, and then it tried to upload it, and then it and then you up. got it, 
And she says, I hope you aren't trolling anyone. I have to wager a guess that, like, maybe the there's something wrong with the game where, like, uploading is too hard. Like, maybe it's supposed to be one-to-one. Like, you get a card and you give a card. But, like, something tells me that, like, the upload process is, like, finicky. It's probably buggy. None of his games have had, like, actual online implementations. Yeah. And I imagine, like, it probably relies on someone being at that part yes, of the game at the exact same time as but, you. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. And that's not always the case, especially if you're like me and I was playing at 3 a.m., so yeah. neither of the features I, worked. I got a card, but then after I beat... I got a card, and then when I tried to make a card, I was like, oh, we couldn't upload it. I was like, oh. Did anyone here successfully nope. upload a card? I did on my second oh, playthrough. Oh, wow. Really? So it does work. That's so yep. interesting. That's such it a can, weird little It can work. It's just, it's just finicky. I, I liked a lot of little interactions. It's, it's like I was saying, I, I really like little characters in this game. Um, I liked the... I guess it's whatever the NPC is that has to build the bridges and oh, yeah. keep running into them and they keep going like, woof, I gotta build a bridge. Go kill a boss real <laughs> It'll quick. probably take about <laughs> that long. Yeah. There was, there's a lot of good little character dialogue, especially in part two. And uh, I liked uh, making robots and naming yes. them. Yes. Yes. Mine were oh, all yeah, big fat something. Great. Big fat 2000. I made Lil Help Me. Uh, I made <laughs> I made Dat the Boy, and I made Big Good with an exclamation point. Yeah, that part is so much fun. I really like. I that made part. I made a uh, Mister Good Esquire. <laughs> I like the, the little designs you could give him too. I love giving him like six hands. That was a very fun part. I hey, last thing I'll say. Growing up, one of my favorite games ever was the Pokemon card game for the Game Boy. And part act two reminded me yes. a little bit about that. If they make a game that's just like that, I oh, I would be that's so like, happy. That's the big brain play. Like, don't make act two shorter and better. Just make act two longer. Like, if act two, if you got to like, if act two happened at the end of the that game and like cool. you, it was like, it does not look as cool. Make make act yes, two make with graphics like act one or three. But no, but I I understand what Bell's saying because that's that's the finale. Give me a game. Give me a game. Where I, it's like an RPG, but it's a card game, and I just walk around and I like fight NPCs, like random battles, and I get rewarded booster packs, and I'm just like slowly making my deck better over time. That's what I want. Here, here's inscription director's cut. It's the same game, but when you get to where the game would normally start to end, you get an entire game for Gamora, an entire game for Magnificus, like entire acts like they were probably originally supposed to have, and then the final act is all four of them coming together, and you play a version of Act 2 that looks and has the same sort of graphical fidelity as the other acts, like the 3D environments, the 3D spaces. Yeah. I don't know what that would be, but like that'd be really hard to design if you wanted to have all four I, I, of those things I, I, clash I at once. We have to go soon, so we, really we do have to go. Wrap up. Wait, Thank wait, you for wait. Where do we begin? No, it's, I didn't get to go. What was your favorite moment, Trog? What's your favorite part? Thank you. My favorite part was the very end of the game, not the very, very end, but just the Old entire. Data, baby. Woo! No, the the entire last little part, Act Four, if you want to call it. Everything yeah. after Poe gets his head ripped the off. Finale. Because. Which that's a great moment too. The finale, yeah, like I mean, but that part's great that. too. <laughs> um, and I think it, I think it honestly affected me a lot because I sort of saw it as like. A study of how people treat mortality. I feel like each of the three characters that you interact with sort of take it in a different way that I felt was interesting. Like, I feel like Grimora, I mean, obviously, Grimora was the one that that basically did it. So she didn't have as much, like... 
And she's the scribe of the dead, so she was just fine with it. I mean, she she was basically like, you know what? It's time. Like, I'm I'm ready. Like, they they were basically completely acceptant of it. They initiated it, so it made sense. And then Leshy, you could tell, was like, it was very sad. It was like very somber. Yeah, he didn't and then Magnificus go. He loved was game. And Magnificus was just fucking pissed off. Like he was just super mad at you and everybody. He deserves to be mad. Like Grimora, Grimora got to play a version of her game for like a few minutes. Magnificus yeah. is like, you took the fucking scales away. You have to hit me four hundred times, bitch. Like the fact that he scales it at four hundred always made me laugh. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you have to deal four hundred <laughs> fucking damage to me. But you I, asshole. I really, I really liked it. Like on a philosophical level of just like an exploration of of how different people can react to mortality in different ways. And I thought that that was just, it was something that I, I mean, I'm sure there's other games that have done it, but this is the first one that I feel like has tackled it in a way like that. But anyway. Final, 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 final thing. Lightning round. What was your favorite song in the game? Uh, I don't know what any of the songs are. What the fuck? You didn't let, you don't like the OST bitch. Uh, oh, 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 uh, 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 the trapper fight, trapper fight. For me, for me, it's, uh, golly, golly tied with the Magnificence fight. Those are my favorite tracks. All right, I gotta go. Thanks for having me. All right, Balp's gotta go. All right, we should probably upload this podcast as two podcasts and not one podcast because no. it's nearly three no. hours long. Email, email where do we begin? QA at gmail.com. If you want to send us anything you want, follow it. Go to twitch.tv slash team slash WRTV to see all our Twitch channels. Mike, go to where you want to promote, Mike. Promote, promote. Uh, find, uh, good luck finding me. All right. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>